Okay, now we're recording. Ooh, that's really hot on my audacity. Ooh, that's hot. Ooh, that's hot. Hot, hot, hot. Mm, getting ready for that fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> yep, I love fucking cartoon characters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my sex life. It's imaginary. Especially if they have big, sparkly blue eyes. <laughs> Oh, I had a terrifying moment last night. I was I was up late gaming, and my internet cut out again. I was like, no, not again, please. It was like 1 o'clock. It just cut out. I was like, no, no. No. Were you in a good spot gaming? That would suck. I was. I, I was, was playing this game called Rapture Rejects, and it's... <laughs> that's island of misfit toys fucking taking it out on each other it's done by the uh, guys who did what is it cyanide and happiness <laughs> it's basically like a battle royale game where a bunch of players enter and then one player leaves kind of thing but it's it's oh like very God. cartoony and funny like the death match it was like free this weekend so i was like i'll check it out and i got like sucked into it sucked. <laughs> we got sucked into the worst movie ever last night and we were like we should oh, just rival. bed oh no that was good tiny actually slept through that movie uh and then we watched Colossal. <laughs> <laughs> this Rapture Rejects looks funny. It totally looks funny. It totally looks like this is the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, we watched this movie Colossal last night with Anne Hathaway. Mm. It was so bad. It was really stupid. We didn't end up watching the rest of it. <laughs> it. Wow, that is some really bad CG, just even looking at the images. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it was a low well, budget. Well, that, that part movie. was funny. It was meant to be campy. Oh, okay. But I think it was also supposed to be like a dark comedy, and I think they were hoping that it'll be like a cult classic one day. If it ends up being a cult classic, I, I'll be shocked. I, I've watched many cult classics from the beginning and thought that's going to be really awesome in about ten years. Yeah. This is not that movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't quite inspire that. She was like the monster and she figured it out, told her friends that she was the monster by like going and doing it, making them watch it live and she like did this really bad dancing. It was really stupid. Wow. I felt really bad. I think I can see this seminal moment because if you do a Google image search of it it's a bunch of her scratching her head and the monster scratching her head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not great. It's it's not Mean Girls. That yeah. nobody's gonna be making a play out after this movie. Yeah, no one's gonna be referencing it. <laughs> so if you're from Africa, why are you white? Oh my God, Karen, you can't just ask people why they're white. I mean, it was funny, but oh, I, speaking of disaster movies and cult things, I watched the uh, Disaster Artist the movie with james franco about oh yeah how was that it was it was oh i wanted to see that and then i was totally turned off at how he handled the award ceremony that i just refused to watch it yeah how, how was it i was the same way that's why i just now watched it because it was like the yeah. bottom of my list on netflix and it finally showed up oh wow we need to load you up yep <laughs> <laughs> he's been sick so he's been watching tv <laughs> well it came out like a year ago so yeah was, how was the movie though it was all right it was enjoyable it's kind of weird because it, it it's knowing the story behind it that this guy actually was real and it was actually funny this <laughs> last night i was watching something and like some youtubers play games and they were talking about the uh, guy that it's based on and they're like maybe he's a time traveler that's why he's got like all this money he's got an accent that no one can place because he's from the future he's got a crazy amount of money that he brought back with him and his accent isn't placeable because it doesn't exist yet and that's where he came from that's why he's super secretive <laughs> that's oh really God. funny it's like the movie julie watched last night yeah arrival that yeah. was a good movie tyler you said you liked it right yeah i really liked it i was tiny fell asleep anyway so so she didn't really 
She's, she like wakes up at the end. She's like, wait, what I miss? I'm like, it's really so complicated. I can't even like brief you I got on the this. gist of it. <laughs> yep. No, I liked it because, I mean, it was a little cheesy. It was a little slow. Hence my falling asleep. <laughs> but I yeah. thought it was kind of cool, like a, just a cool concept of the fact that time doesn't exist and like how crazy that would be. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The time that there's a flat circles, the reference to uh, Matthew McConaughey and um, True Detective. And then also the tie-in with Interstellar, how time is relative and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, you haven't seen True Detective. Oh, yeah, the first season's good. It's really fucked up, Yeah, I but heard it's it good. was really good the first season. I don't know about the rest of it, but... That's usually the case with a lot of things. Like, it's really fucked up, but it's enjoyable. Or, you know, it's right. really good, but not enjoyable, I guess crazy. you say. <laughs> <laughs> but damn it, I love it. Fucking bring it. <laughs> I'm taking you all down, fuckers. Yep. Darkest sketch. Darkest sketch. Darkest sketch. Darkest sketch. That's why the world's full of assholes. (laughs) Except for SpongeBob. SpongeBob was cool. That was a that was a rough one to hear that news. Yeah. What's his name? Steven Hillenberg. Hillenberg. Yeah. Fifty-seven years old, man. That's pretty young. Yeah. Well, he had eight. Fucking die, man. Yeah, he had ALS. Yeah, what I ended up actually reading a little bit more about that, and I was like, he, so he was like diagnosed with that what, what like a year ago? Yeah, Lou Gehrig's disease, and then it just took him out. And I just thought, well, I feel like in the back of my mind, ALS is just one of those things that people are capable of living with with treatment. Mm. I was very shocked to find that that wasn't the case. Naive of me. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually didn't know much either. Same thing, I thought when I heard about it, I thought it was like, you know, it paralyzes you, but you live kind of thing. That's where my brain went to. Yeah, I knew somebody who had it when I was growing up. And I just remember, like, they shook a lot. But he was still pretty functional. But I mean, that was like, I was really young and it was probably the first year he had it or whatever. But he was always like medicated in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought you were able to kind of ward off the, the severe atrophy, which is ultimately what it is. And then it begins to like strangle your nerves. And it's just this really awful situation. I just, just like, oh, God, I should fucking read up more about what's going on with diseases in the world. It was like, yeah. oh, right. terrible. Well, this says that ALS, unlike cancer with its rare but real remissions, ALS is always fatal. Patients might choose to have a ventilator artificially breathe for them, which delays death, but not the progressive weakening and perilous paralysis of all muscles. So essentially, you just your body, it's almost like an accelerated death rate, because I mean, these are kind of things that happen to you anyways as you age. Yeah. Like, subtly. Yep. It's like the Benjamin the Button speed. As opposed to hitting, like, hitting ludicrous speed. Yeah, right? <laughs> Ludicrous speed! <gasps> Ludicrous speed? They've gone to plaid! Hey, somebody fucking turn this shit down. <laughs> but it's based off of Lou Gehrig, and he was the baseball player, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's similar to Lou Gehrig's disease? It is Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. Oh, Lou... Oh, der... No. Yeah. How would I know that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the internet. Yeah, right, because <laughs> the internet tells you when you look it up. So ALS damages motor neurons in the brain and the spinal cord. Motor neurons under the nerve cells that control muscle movement. Upper motor neurons send messages to the brain, to the spinal cord, and lower motor neurons send messages from the spinal cord to the muscles, body's neuromuscular system. Not a fun way to go. No, sounds horrible. But it does say that every person who has it 
it's different. So mm. like the symptoms appear differently kind of thing. Yeah. That's interesting. So it says the disease is different for every person who has it. In general, muscle weakness, especially in the arms and legs, is an early symptom of more than half the people. Other early signs are tripping or falling a lot, dropping things, having difficulty speaking, and cramping or twitching of all muscles. As the disease gets worse over time, eating, swallowing, and even breathing may become more difficult. That reminds me of a really uh, dark sketch. I can't remember what comedian it was. I think it was Matt Myra. He does this bit about, like, you know, there's always that trope in comedies where there's the quirky girl that clumsy and falls over a lot and, like, that thing. Mm-hmm. But it ends up being, like, later in the series that she's got, like, like a debilitating disease <laughs> goes super dark really quick (laughs) that's really funny that that actually happens to people famous actress i think she was like in the mickey mouse club something of that nature yeah she was like the original mickey mouse club didn't she have als or something of that nature and everybody thought she was an alcoholic or something i believe her career so all I hear is jingling of cats, by the way. <sighs> the jingling of kittens. I got cats that jingle, jingle, jingle. <laughs> she has multiple sclerosis. Oh, okay. Which actually, it's kind of what, interesting. What was Selma they... Blair diagnosed with recently? MS. So that's what happens to these girls. They get accused of being these ditzy, clumsy, you know, because girls are whatever the most, think of the most oppressed girl <laughs> that you've managed to keep oppressed and then dainty and sweet, then you just automatically assume, oh, she's cute. Well, she's so dumb. It's like our kittens. Poor fucking chick's dying. Yeah. It's interesting, though. It says um, ALS and MS both affect your muscles and your ability to move your body. Both attack your brain and spinal cord. Both causes scarring and or hardening around nerve cells. Oh, my God. Awful. Yeah. MS is an autoimmune disease that causes your body to attack itself, where Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, is a nervous system disorder that wears away the nerve cells in your brain or and spinal cord. Both are treated differently. Jeez. So that's kind of crazy. But then... Intelligent design, my ass. Right. <laughs> so what's Parkinson's? I mean, when you look at all the garbage that's in our food and water system, I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always one of those arguments like, you know, against intelligent design. It's like, why would you put the most pleasurable part of your body next to the waste disposal site? It's it's, it's, like, it's like it's like putting like a playground next to a garbage dump. <laughs> Happy that landed. You know, it's occurred to me. <laughs> it's one of those things you just gently ignore. <laughs> you just got to look past. Yep. Just turn a little blind eye to that. <laughs> So, also, MS and Parkinson's disease are often a lot alike, but it says MS and Parkinson's both affect your central nervous system, which include your brain and spinal cord. Both diseases affect your nerves. MS can break down the coating called myelin that surrounds and protects your nerves in Parkinson's nerve cells in the part of your brain slowly die off. So those, all three are pretty similar. All three yeah. sound like Suckville, but Lou Gehrig was a Yankees player. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I knew he's baseball. That's all I remember it from. Yeah, he lived oh, from... That, well, then that, that's why that happened to him. Because he's a Yankee. <laughs> Go Red Sox. He lived from 1903 to 1941, and he played with the Yankees from 1923 to 1939. So, but I think they named the disease after him. I feel like because he was one of the first well-known people 
yeah, to get attention to it. Well, I mean, it's just like, what was it, AIDS Day? Yeah. World AIDS Day on December 1st. I mean, if it wasn't for folks like Elizabeth Taylor, gay men wouldn't have the right to subdue the symptoms of that disease and fuck like rabbit animals anyways. No. <laughs> yeah, he was forced to retire from baseball in 1939 because it was discovered that he had ALS. Okay. Yeah, but if it wasn't for celebrities, they... Well, look at the campfire versus the Malibu fire. Yeah. You know, it's not getting near as much conversation because it's not where all the rich people are it's just a bunch of you know country folks who lost their their homes. entire town yeah, yeah. exactly so <laughs> hey whoop-de-doo right? we'll look at like right now with uh, suicide prevention like a lot of celebrities have been unfortunately committing suicide and now we've actually started addressing hey this is a thing that happens a lot we should probably be talking about it and figuring out ways to help people and get people motivated to seek help when they need it right yeah because i mean if you're rich and famous and you're off in yourself. There's got to be something more to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's because the root to a lot of the mental health issues that we have in this country in particular has nothing to do with how we treat it. We just treat the symptoms of it. Yeah. If I could swing it into SpongeBob, and we don't have to actually do the fuck, Mary kill at the second. <laughs> but if I could swing it into that, you know, something like SpongeBob was really teaching people that were innocent the corruptness and subtleties of what's really going on. I don't think Mr. Krabs was selling Krabby Patties because that would be totally insane because he's a crab. Yep, <laughs> he's selling his people. I think he was selling a burger that didn't actually have any kind of secret ingredient to it, and that's a fucking businessman and a salesman. But now. In this day and age, he probably is selling crabby patties. I mean, with our current president, so but yeah, <laughs> I always took it as like he's a crab, these are my crabby patties kind of thing, right? You know, he's owning it because that's his brand kind of thing. I didn't think it was actual crabs, I but... think it's humans, yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's the secret the whole time. Humans, humans, <laughs> they've been fishing us. <laughs> crabby patties are people, people, because <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't want. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? It's the whole sea. So they're not going to want to be eating any form of seafood because they'd be eating their own kind. The secret ingredient is that it's hamburgers and Sandy che- and Sandy Cheeks has been bringing it down. <laughs> we live on land and we eat land food. <laughs> That's very true, I Tyler. Mean... I mean, cows and pigs, they live on they live on land too, so. That was Julie's rationale. I have no idea, but she's kept going on over there. <laughs> it says... It's a basic plot element that contributed to Krusty Krab's existence. The Krabby Patty is made out of frozen hamburger with fresh lettuce, crisp onions, and tomatoes with undersea cheese, pickles, mustard, ketchup, and whatever the secret formula. Now, there's supposed to be a particular order to this burger, right? Yeah. I remember there was an episode like where he like goes burger, he, he goes through the steps lettuce, of making one. Then I think the cheese, then the tomato, then the pickles or some shit. <laughs> one dozen crying cows on the farm. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> I like I like the one where he like tucks in the pickles like with a piece of cheese. <laughs> Thank God for this guy, because this guy was a fucking genius. That was the other thing. I I mean, this is a show that I completely took for granted. You know, it would be flipping through the stations and it'd be on. And it was so well written that you could either be sober or high and it was still entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, my introduction to it was my nephew when I would babysit him. He loved SpongeBob. So we'd watch SpongeBob and I'd be sober or high and I would still laugh my ass off because I'm like, fuck, this is great. Then I, I remember looking up and he did Rocco's Modern Life. 
which is a show that I loved as a kid. Oh, that's right. Oh, I didn't I didn't see that. Who was in that? Oh, Steven Hillberg uh, wrote for that. Okay, right on. What was he, like a kangaroo or something? He was, he was a kangaroo, and he had a friend that was a cow. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture. Rocco's Modern Life was created by Joe Murray. Yeah, yeah. He was, I think he was just a writer on it. That's cool, though. But I think that's where he, like, he cut his teeth. Ooh, that font looks like uh, Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, it came out of the same era, because I think it was like 93 to 96. Yeah, yeah, they were all kind of... Back when Nickelodeon was doing re- a bunch of random cartoons. Right. Ren and Stimpy was fucking hysterical. It's also kind of like, it's very yeah. Rugrat-like, too. Yeah. Ren and Stimpy was great. Rugrats was cool. I didn't watch Rugrats, but uh, we lived next to a, a resale shop, and somebody unloaded the Ren and Stimpies. And so I, I bought them and brought them home, and I watched, I don't know, two or three discs. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I was like, don't ever let me do that again. I just feel dumber now. <laughs> I felt my brain cells dissipate. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's like taking drugs without taking drugs. <laughs> right. I like the I like the Ren and Stimpy where he farts so hard his butt deflates and then <laughs> goes over. And oh my god, I forgot about that. His, his, his butt all the, deflated on the ground. I did not. I don't think I saw that one. You sick little monkey. Sorry, I wasn't. I I wasn't into Rugrats though. Rugrats I watched because same thing. I was babysitting Ben. He liked Rugrats, so we just sat there and like watched it all the time and. We were, like, both fucking laughing our asses off. I should be ashamed of myself. I've seen most of all of these cartoons in some capacity. Yeah, I'm the same way. (laughs) But I feel like most of these cartoons are written for adults anyways. It just has adult humor. I mean, if they're done right, they're written for both. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's so while while you're cutting up vegetables in the kitchen, the kids are being entertained, you can kind of chuckle, too, and not totally be annoyed. (laughs) You can enjoy what you're being forced to watch. Yeah. I feel like... Like every cartoons like that, even Disney cartoons, there's always adult, you know, themes that roll through that kids just kind of bypass. They're like, I don't know what that was, but adults are like laughing. And- we do the same thing. Yep. <laughs> well, we are adult children, so right. <laughs> we're just we're just talking to our own. I mean, it's true. We're just narcissistic pricks yeah. that want to hear ourselves. <laughs> yep. I love hearing myself talk. Yeah. I just I just walk around the house monologuing. <laughs> well, now with our uh, audio drama dropped. You can listen to yourself on the regular. Yeah. No, actually, it's really weird hearing myself. I was going to ask you, like, if you've listened to him and, like, if you can separate yourself. Because I know there's some actors and actresses who are like, oh, no, I don't listen to anything that I've done. I just can't. I've been left with no choice. So, <laughs> yeah. Gotta Lucky you, it. cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listen to it, but it's still, I, I can't get that. That whole thing, the way your voice sounds in recording versus the way it sounds in your head. Right. It's just that that dissonance is always there and it's always kind of like nagging. Goes. Yeah. It goes. Trust me. It I, goes. Keep, I keep hoping that it does and it doesn't. <laughs> Do you want to. Do your fuck, marry, kill. Do we want to honor George H. W. Bush, or do we want to fuck, marry, kill SpongeBob characters? Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck, fuck George Bush. <laughs> he raised taxes. Although I know. did see a really great picture of him sledding with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was really <laughs> <laughs> what I want to see this. Okay, I'll see if I because I saw it on Reddit yesterday, but I didn't bookmark it or anything. <laughs> I'll see if I can dig it up real quick. But yeah, it was them like on like a bobsled together. <laughs> How funny. Yeah, I felt bad because, you know, on one hand, I was like, God, remember the good old days? People still had decorum and shit, at yeah. least. 
<laughs> yeah, I always flash to that picture of George W. Bush, and it's like him like smiling for his presidential portrait, and it's like, you miss me yet? <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's like, even as a as shitty person as he was, he at least had some understanding of what to do in situations. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when the Berlin Wall came down, that was a perfect example of somebody having decorum and diplomacy. Yeah. I mean, you have to give him credit there. I was like half watching CNN last night. Mm. Like, it was on... And they've just been doing tribute after tribute after tribute. I go to Tanya, I go, do you think like when prominent people just get to a certain age, they're like, okay. We can't put this in the podcast. Yeah, we can. (laughs) No, we can't. (laughs) Because they think it's kind of true. That they're like, okay, well, when you have some downtime, why don't you work on George Bush's eulogy video? Because, I mean, he is pushing 90. How many years could he have left, really, in the grand scheme of things? Oh, my God. (laughs) I was all, wow, fucking 45 died. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, no. Bush died. I was like, wow, how did they already have this shit, like, ready to go? Because he just died literally a half hour ago. So... I don't know. That's my theory. Well, the talking heads were struggling a little bit. A lot of them looked like they were fucking yanked out of bed and thrown in front of a camera because it was pretty late. Oh, my God. That picture is great, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, that was like a top pose for a while yesterday. (laughs) I sent a video from CNN and apparently their sled crashed into Barbara Bush. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's even better. <laughs> right? He just is talking about it. I was... Please clap. Right? <laughs> oh, poor Jeb. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, I still feel legit bad for that guy. <laughs> oh, I do too. But here's the other thing about the Bushes. They've earned and donated a billion dollars to charities. Give him points for that. Right. But we do have this really long war that's going on still. Thanks yeah. to... Junior. Hooray, war profiteering. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the video of Arnold Schwarzenegger crashing into Barbara Bush. Where's that? I want to see that. I don't know. It does... I think it was back, back before they had real cameras all the time. Supposed to... Yeah, like instant. We're saying there's no video of this. That's bullshit. <laughs> but there is video of this. Hold on a second. I'll sh- hold on. Look at fucking Charlie Potatoes here. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that? Trump uh, leaves Argentina leader. In a, in I love how, like, the audio catches him, like, get me out of here. <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah. What the fuck, man? Man, he's there. Because he, yeah, he doesn't do the prep work. <laughs> right? He doesn't do the prep work. He doesn't understand what governing is about yeah well he just doesn't know what these things are i think and he just feels awkward so he like does these random things their other clip from it is like he was holding like the translator device up to his ear the guy from argentina was talking and he just like drops it on the ground he's like well i understood you better without that thing <laughs> he's like i'm not gonna listen oh, to you anyways no. it's not just that he's not doing the prep work i think his cheese is starting to slide off his crackers oh yeah going on oh that, 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 that's gone week. a while ago <laughs> Yeah. He's not having a good time, I don't think. He's fucked. What did? I, what was that meme that I saw yesterday? John Gotti. You should just read it verbatim. Where is it? John Gotti was deemed untouchable and was nicknamed the Teflon Don because prosecutors were never able to hold him ac- accountable until one man came along and sent him to prison for the rest of his life. That man was Robert Mueller Jr. Yep. 
I love that he's the one <laughs> going after Trump. Right. I mean, it's kind of hot, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he's he's hands down my favorite Republican. <laughs> yeah, like that guy needs a superhero suit. He's a real panty dropper, that one. Yeah. Seriously, I like a man in blue. But I think he got him on like three counts yep. or something, seven counts. He, he nailed him pretty hard, so. Yeah, yeah, he's with a scalpel. This is how this is going to go down. I think that's why, personally, I think that's why Trump travels so much. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why there's... So he can just drop off in any country. So much. In- I think they highly encourage his travel. It takes him longer to get things accomplished. He's he, The more he's out of sorts. Yeah. I think it's all by design. Yeah, you, you can see the slow degradation of his mental capacities. It's like he's really, like, losing Which it. Which is really saying something. Did you see the yeah. picture of him drinking the water? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was hoping it was a video. I was too. Well, <laughs> actually, I think it was because it was on that same. That was one of the first speeches he did. <laughs> but anywho, we do digress. He's a douchebag. Yep. And there's so many outstanding lawsuits against him. At some point, it's just going to stockpile because yeah. it's crazy. There's lawsuits against him for the Trump water. <laughs> like part of the thing with the water was kind of his way of snubbing it in everybody's face because they charged the taxpayers so much money for water. And when they looked into it further, it was Trump water. Of course. Do the math. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's just disgusting. I mean, you know, people in office make money when, when they're there. We're not dumb, but they're not making Trump water. Yeah. Fucking dump water. It'd be funnier if he made, like, Trump Mountain Dew. <laughs> He's going to be making Trump moonshine from prison here shortly. I think Trump water is probably, like, the equivalent in idiocracy of the amusing Gatorade on the <laughs> plants, to water the plants. I imagine that's what it is. It's water, but with, like sugar added to it or something. I think you're right. Rondo the Thirst Mutilator had come to replace water virtually everywhere. Water, the basic component of all life, had been deemed a threat to Rondo's profit margin. The solution came during the budget crisis of 2330, when the Brondo Corporation simply bought the FDA and the FCC, enabling them to say, do, and sell anything they wanted. Got electrolytes. <laughs> Got electrolytes. <laughs> awesome. Oh, God help us, please. And yesterday was the day of our cinema heroes riding to the rescue at the last possible moment. The day of the man in the white hat or the man on the white horse. Or the man who always came to save America at the last moment. Someone always came to save America at the last moment. Especially in B-movies. And when America found itself having a hard time facing the future, they looked for people like John Wayne. (laughs) Somebody saved me. Even Tyler's like, if it exists, sure, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) We're all going to hell in a handbasket. Fuck it. Time to just have fun. It's again, rapture rejects. We're just going (laughs) to, the world's, world's end, they just fuck it. Okay, so fuck Mary Kill. Yeah, right. yeah. Forty-five minutes in, <laughs> <laughs> we we tend to digress a bit. It's all good, but hey, in honor of Mr. Hillenberg, did you know that he was a marine biologist? I did find that out. I thought that was kind of crazy. I didn't, I didn't know that before. I remember seeing something that like the original character designs were for like a book he wrote, like a children's book about marine biology. That's super cool. The guy was pretty fucking genius. Was he a teacher or a professor? I'm not sure. Because he taught biology for a minute, and then he took like an animation class or some shit, right? He was yeah. He, so Stephen Hillenburg was an American animator, cartoonist, and marine biology teacher. So teacher. 
He also taught. That's that's no, cool. His mother taught visually impaired students. That's why he's so okay. And his that father makes was sense. a draftsman and designer in the aerospace industry. Jeez. Oh my god, that's bad. <laughs> that's where his genetics came from. Right. <laughs> you can see how that influenced his, you know, his work. Yeah, because people usually don't understand that level of intelligence unless they've had like severe trauma but in his case he experienced the trauma through his mother teaching these poor impaired students so that makes sense yeah he's only one years old then when she was teaching yeah but you don't think that her teaching parlayed to how he was taught i'm sure it had some form of impact on him sure but he was very young yeah i'm sure just her disposition and that being a teacher was very formative on him that's why he kind of gravitated towards that it says that he was a marine biologist teacher for three years at the orange county marine institute in dana point california for three years we taught tide pool ecology natural history diversity and adaptation um working there i saw how enamored kids are with undersea life especially with tide pool creatures tide pool creatures are kind of an odd you know why i think it's because it's also typically a very warm area when you see them generally yeah so your body automatically is put into this like kind of calming state anyways and you see all these amazing colors (laughs) (laughs) yeah it says working there one of the educational directors asked him if he'd be interested in creating an educational comic book about animal life with tide pools he created a comic called the intertidal zone which he used to teach his students featuring anthropomorphic forms of sea life many of which evolved into spongebob characters including bob the sponge spongebob sounds much better <laughs> it, it, it's weird for a second there's like we said bob the sponge like what like bob the builder <laughs> <laughs> right bob the builder bob the sponge today's sponge <laughs> we're just gonna cram him up in there but yeah he went to cal arts and that's when he ended up changing his career so that's kind of cool in 89. Yeah. And it's amazing the cultural impact of that show, you know, especially like on internet culture, how it's used in memes and just in general references to things. There's, you know, again, always coming back to Reddit, there's a, a Reddit called Bikini Bottom Twitter, where it's <laughs> like, it's the people posting, you know, memes and stuff, but using like SpongeBob references. And it always pops up when you cruise around. It's like guaranteed to show up at least once a day. And there's always something funny there. <laughs> Kids love it. Let's fuck, marry, kill some cartoon characters. <laughs> Iconic what cartoon characters. What a great idea that is. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> as long as we're not fuck, marry, killing children, we're fine. <laughs> oh I think they're God. they're all adults. What if you marry them first? If you marry them first, I feel like you kind of have a right. Isn't that like the rule of Nambla or what, something? Killing them or, or fucking them? <laughs> I haven't heard that, but I don't like hearing it. <laughs> Always makes me flash in that South Park episode about Nambla. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's how they got rid of uh, Chef for a while. Didn't they have like a falling out? And that was how they they got rid of him? He basically became a Nambla member. Like (laughs) basically comparing that to Scientology. (laughs) Fucking crazy. (laughs) Went straight for the throat. (laughs) Are y'all ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. Oh. Under the sea, 
Fuck Mary Kill is going to be Squidward Q Tentacles, not to be mistaken with <laughs> testicles, which is something I had to be really careful of because he does appear to have like a peen nose. Yep. <laughs> and coming to reading about him, he's not a squid at all. He's an octopus. Did you guys know that? Yeah, I did see that. It was like... I think with that rationale, I have the potential to not only be president, but I think I could be a biologist, <laughs> too, a marine biologist. It does say he's a... In Wikipedia, it says his species is octopus. But when you read it, it says that he's a... A menu item. Yeah, he's an octopus, but a squid... Yeah, so a squid and an octopus are different, which... I guess people don't realize. So not only is he anthropomorphic, but he's a fucking woozle. He's a woozle. He's like two things combined. <laughs> yep. And then Eugene H. Krabs, also known to everybody else as Mr. Krabs. And then I thought about maybe Sheldon J. Plankton, but he's like such a creepy fucking wannabe <laughs> douchebag that he really is just kind of just he's good an for like incel. a pocket rocket. So I got rid of his one-eyed <laughs> ass. He's a what? An incel. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so I got rid of him and I went with Sandy Cheeks. Sandy Cheeks. Well, um, just so you know, a squid versus octopus. A squid has a pointy head and an octopus has a round head. So that's why Squidward is actually an octopus because of the shape of his head and his peen nose. <laughs> that's all. So all of that is very suggestive. So I think I learned something. All right. Well, so it's Squidward, Sandy Cheeks. And Mr. Krabs, huh? Yep. Well, unless you just want to go for that pocket rocket. <laughs> nah, Plankton, he never really succeeds at anything, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess if I was hey, going to put. He tries, him, all right? He tries, right? If, I guess if I was going to put him in the list, I would put him on the kill list just to help a brother out. I mean. <laughs> it's like you tried, buddy. It's not working. Let's just let's just wrap things Stop up. Stop wasting everyone's time, including. Yeah. But I, I think I'm going to marry Mr. Krabs because. <laughs> the venture capitalist. <laughs> you like him aggro? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, here's my thought of marrying Mr. Krabs. He's got a lucrative business. He's all about money. So, and so is Julia. <laughs> I'm all about that. Truth's he's actually, out. right? He's dating Mrs. Puff. And who's Mrs. Puff? She's a teacher. She's the teacher. She's the driver's ed teacher. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe that guy has a wife. I didn't realize. It. I don't know. I don't think they're married. I don't think they're like together, but they're like, they're romantically interested in each other kind of oh. thing. Oh, I like how we're talking about fuck, marry, kill, but they were romantically interested in one another. The subtle intrigue of SpongeBob. Well, but here's my thing. Mr. Krabs is very attentive to Miss Puff. So oh. I'm thinking if I can just convince him I'm better than Miss Puff, have him marry me. I can have his money and all the attention and wooing that he gives her. What What do you think that this would entail? As many Krabby Patties as I want. <laughs> I don't know. Nope. You know, it's repeatedly referenced that he's got a crap ton of money. Yeah. We can go on vacations. And... Like, he's got safes all over. And But like... how are you going to convince him by eating all his Krabby Patties? No, I'm just awesome. <laughs> I'm awesome. I deserve your Krabby Patties. Right? Because his daughter's a whale, so it's like it's implied that she's a, like an adopted kid. <laughs> like, you know, right. obviously <laughs> they're not related. So, so Mr. Krabs gets around. Yep. Either he's a yeah, single father with uh, a, either an adopted kid or a kid from another relationship. All right. Here, let me. Uh, I wrote craps, not crabs. <laughs> Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Kate, Mr. Krabs. 
Yeah, he's the greedy founder of the Krusty Krab. Why why is the greedy guy the the panty dropper? I don't understand. Because he's got money. I'm killing Mr. Krabs. That guy's full of shit. Spoiler alert, yeah, I'm killing him too. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that guy. He's selling fucking bullshit secret ingredients. That motherfucker's too cheap to have a fucking secret ingredient. Whatever. I'm I'm taking Mr. Krabs. I'm not signing a prenup, and I'm going to take Mr. Krabs' place. <laughs> Just going straight gold digger on Mr. Krabs. <laughs> and then I'm going to have to ki- kill Squidward because, I mean, he's kind of depressed. And, I <laughs> yeah, mean, he's killed depressed people. <laughs> I'm just trying to help him you know, out. <laughs> I think he might be a fuck, though. I mean, if you flipped him around and you were into that sort of thing, he's just a dick face, right? Maybe nobody's riding the right side. I am gay, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll be my fuck. I'll, I'll try anything once. And I'm going to I'm gonna fuck Sandy Cheeks because I've seen her in a bathing suit. So, hello, squirrel. <laughs> oh, but the, uh, the burn from the Sandy Cheeks. <laughs> that, that's the beginning of how we met. That's what I'm going to talk about when we get married. How we drank mm-hmm. sex on the beach all night. Got Sandy Cheeks together. <laughs> the other thing about Sandy Cheeks is she does breathe air. So it will make the whole fuck process much easier as opposed to trying to bone one of the other two. I would have to borrow Sandy Cheeks outfit and retain my air that way. So or just be waist deep in water. <laughs> I thought part of the appeal was the helmet. <laughs> like a nice round dome. <laughs> so yeah, that's my thing. Sorry, Squidward, you're going down. Well, I'm going to go totally different. I'm going <laughs> to, of course, kill uh, Mr. Krabs because he's a terrible, venture, greedy, capitalist motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate that, you know, he's got a kid I, I always assumed was adopted. But yeah, no, fuck, fuck him. He's, he's too damn greedy. I'm going to fuck Sandy Cheeks because, as mentioned before, Sandy Cheeks does not sound pleasant. And if I have to do it, I only want to have to do it once. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to marry Squidward because he's. Oh, I got to hear about this. He's the sad, depressed artist who's stuck at a job that doesn't fulfill him, and everyone around him is happy, and he just is miserable. And I, I don't know. I identify nobody's with that a bit too much. Sitting on that face, <laughs> yep. it'd be a game changer for him. I think. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> there's like one episode where they go to a graveyard, and there's Squidward there, like crying with delivering flowers <laughs> to a tombstone, and they're like, "Oh God, who's he mourning?" And they go up and look at the tombstone, and it's hopes and dreams. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, you know what I think? I think Patrick is not really a dude. I think Patrick is actually really a woman, and maybe that Mister. Patty's first wife, and that's how he ends up with the whale. <laughs> was Patrick <laughs> was a starfish? I view Patrick as like the ultimate stoner because <laughs> <laughs> he Patrick. never knows what the hell is going on. <laughs> but what's your decision, Tanya? Officially, I'm gonna marry Sandy Cheeks because I think we're gonna have a good time, and I'm gonna give old Squidward a, a fuck because I mean, something should make him happy, right? <laughs> turn something could turn that frown upside down, and I think it's a little 69 action, yeah. And then, yeah, fuck that squatty fucking piece of shit selling fucking <laughs> cheeseburgers to sea life. <laughs> Nobody wants your fucking cheeseburger. Where, where are these cows? <laughs> right. Floating around in like They're a- importing them from the land. <laughs> Which makes you wonder what kind of hookup he has on, on land that gets him the opportunity to get cows. Which makes me wonder if him and Sandy Cheeks aren't doing some business deals together because she's the only one that can fucking breathe and is down there. <laughs> Although it kind of works because like if he's getting a beef hookup, crabs can live out of water for a, a long time. Ooh. So he can go out of water to interact Ooh. with humans to get Mm-mm. beef. Ooh. 
way to make him proud. He's like, I used my brain on that one. Ting. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if that was her intention, but that's how I'm reading it. <laughs> uh, there's like a, a fandom page about it. I was trying to see. Oh, sounds like we're going to fan fiction territory. He's yeah. erotic really quickly. <laughs> he is the second of two children and his father was lost at sea what that's that's how patrick came about oh patrick's portrayal is pleasant overweight lazy un unmannerly naive and generally ignorant <laughs> despite being a full-grown adult patrick acts immature for his age and partakes in many childish activities with spongebob bad boy <laughs> but he has a short temper you know what's interesting is that spongebob has a shirt and pants. It yeah. does cartoon yes. characters only get like one or the other. He got it both. He's a classy motherfucker. It's a how would you say this? It's a short shirt pants. So it's a shant. He's wearing a shant. Shant. It's not a pants. It's not shorts. It's shants. Shants. He's wearing shants. It's the Kevin Smith pant wear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a geranimal onesie. It's a geranimal. <laughs> Speaking of aminals and such. Amelia. <laughs> Well, I saw an article that said two things. I mean, frogs are amphibians, right? Mm. This is this is true. So stay, staying in the in the water world, not Kevin Costner's water world, but staying in the water world. You mean I can't uh, have web feet? Oh, <laughs> in England, a small group of British conservatives are installing mesh-covered ladders in roadside drains to save trapped amphibians from certain death. So they're making frog ladders in Britain. Oh, um, <laughs> that's nice. Humans being bros. The Warwick Amphibian and Reptile Team, acronym also is WART, <laughs> they hope by placing 20 of these rust-resistant aluminum ladders down drains near known breeding pools in England's Midlands, they can boost the dwindling amphibian population. But it says, in 2012, a study in the Netherlands estimated that more than half a million small vertebrates like frogs, toads, and newts end up trapped in gully pots and drains each year. So they're having a population problem. So they were thinking about ways to save them and came up with little ladders for them which i think That's is nice. adorable yeah. <laughs> get out of jail free card right it's and these ladders are designed by the british herpetologist society and they cost about 20 dollars. a large price for the local group the group hopes this endeavor can inspire other conservative groups in the uk to help out the often marginalized critters <laughs> but it says that they're an overlooked species but they actually do have a really important role in the ecosystem so they're good for gardens because they eat a lot of the invertebrate potential pests for your garden so you really want to keep your frogs around so it's yeah. worth a $20 ladder I had a similar thought with uh, but a, a species everyone hates is uh, spiders <laughs> yes because they always end up in bathtubs like so you know you go into the bathtub and there's right. a spider trapped in there I always had the thought of having some kind of escape device for spiders to get trapped in bathtubs and whatnot and you know everyone just generally kills them but again they are part you know you need them you needed to have them around kind of thing. I would like to know how the spiders are getting in there. Well, they just probably crawl around. They go to the lip of the bathtub and just slide in and then they can't get out. But where they are they coming from to get in there? Just crawling around like they do. Ceilings, walls. Where the fuck are spiders coming from and why are they in He's <laughs> like, I want to know the root cause of these things. Where is the source, Tyler? You know. <laughs> the source is they exist and wander around and they end up in houses. They're like, <laughs> There's not like a machine out there just like churning out spiders that just like, there's like They're a shotgun blast every 
10 minutes of like spiders and they just go scurrying off. <laughs> I just feel like they're important, but they should. There's a meme I like to share when the weather turns and it's like a picture of spiders and like other insects like really up fucking close and it says bring your pets in they're cold too <laughs> it's cold yeah. everybody outside. fucking hates it <laughs> I, I don't know if it's i think it's china they build little huts for spiders and stuff because they understand the necessity of them so they build these little like little <gasps> teepee things i remember seeing this years ago and they build little teepees for spiders to live in like when like Hold snow on. comes i want to see teepees for spiders it's creepy well i always had this theory going back to the you know the rescuing of said animals and insects that we should make bridges for squirrels because they're always <laughs> which i get to a certain extent they're called power lines they're doing that in some countries for like deer and things like that because we build fucking roads and subdivisions and shit and have no regard for the natural ecosystem and the whole process we're just like fuck it this is going here meanwhile this has been a trail traveled for hundreds of years right yeah yeah i've, I've seen those like those overpasses where they mm -hmm. you know let nature take over and it becomes just well that's what makes them intriguing yeah it's more like a natural pathway and it saves people's lives and ultimately that's why that stuff gets done because they're yeah. like well this was the fifth human <laughs> death this year hurts <laughs> yeah, somebody got gored hitting a deer <laughs> Here's a helpful hint, too. If you find yourself in a position where you're traveling down a highway and a deer is in front of you, the best case scenario is to hit it. Yell out the window, oh, deer. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, continue. <laughs> Fuck me. What were you saying? You love us. Oh, no, we're great. This is awesome. <laughs> So here's kind of a rule of thumb if you're in a situation where you're going down a highway and you're fucking playing Russian roulette with a deer, you want to hit their hindquarter. That's going to be the best case scenario Tap to that maintain survival in the car. Good to know. I would like to say living in New Hampshire, my parents had a house at northern New Hampshire, which was basically Canada. Eh? Eh? And um <laughs> I think, Tanya, you were actually there with me. We were going up to my parents' house, and my stepmom was driving. We were in the back seat. Moose are a big problem. There's moose on the loose. <laughs> but the problem with moose are they're a lot larger than deer, and they, ha they have this huge body but these tiny, frail little legs. So nine times out of ten, when you hit a moose... It's a lose-lose situation. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The legs come up and essentially fucking stab people through the windshield that's what ends up killing people in those kinds of accidents so same thing you want to aim for their buttocks but we were driving up to this area up north and my stepmom was like oh shit she slams on her brakes and was all like and then she boom hits the ass end of the moose no no i wasn't there for that one. Oh, you weren't there it must I've, have been no, I've, my dad i've then. been in a car with you many times when things have not gone well this time was not one of them thank this god <laughs> so we're like oh shit oh shit oh shit you know she aims for his ass my stepmom's a really good driver and it was fucking dark like this is in the middle of new hampshire where She's there's no street girl, lights yeah. or anything so she aims hits its ass and this is all like <laughs> right on the end and then the fuck bro <laughs> pretty much the moose looked into the car like are you fucking serious right now <laughs> you just hit me hey ma'am <laughs> ma'am like... ma'am did you not see that i was crossing the road ma'am <laughs> <laughs> exactly dude it was like 
so funny. So then the next morning we get up and we like unload the car and, and we look at her headlight and it's got fucking hair in it. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like pinched his ass. You know, I, I've, I've never seen one in person, but I see videos of like mooses like next to cars and like they're taller than like SUVs and it's like, oh, big. oh yeah. Yeah, they're big. <laughs> yeah, they're big. Yeah. When you're aiming for the hindquarters on that one, the hope is, is that you drive underneath it. Yeah. Or like <laughs> spin it off in another direction and instead of your face. <laughs> oh my god. I felt really bad a few months ago. I was coming home from work. I was exiting a freeway and a raccoon ran in front of me. So I was doing like, I was doing like 50 coming off the freeway. That would hurt. And it, hit, it fucked up the front of my car. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. It, your shit up. And because I, I, I just saw him last second and it just. It, it was like a fucking bowling ball. <laughs> yeah. I hit dead center on. And of course, he was one of the bigger, more rotund raccoons. <laughs> rotund. And, you know, messed up my uh, <laughs> license plate, messed up the whole front fender of my car. And it was just like, oh God. That's but yeah, crazy. I felt bad for the poor little guy. Right. I know I'm always like, oh, why is that raccoon sleeping over there? Yeah. Like, I can't, <laughs> can't admit Julie that Julie says dead. fucked up shit to me. We'll be driving down the road and she'll be like, oh, look at that raccoon over there sunning himself. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't just say that he's sleeping. She says fucked up shit. <laughs> There's that picture that went around a while ago. Of, it's a raccoon with the get well soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's always funny. I know a guy who was driving his motorcycle, also in New Hampshire, fucking wildlife are everywhere there. He was driving his motorcycle and got nailed in the chest by an owl. Fucking oh, broke his ribs and shit. It was pretty bad. That's some straight up Fabio level of hitting uh, owls. Uh, I can't believe it's not pigeon. <laughs> I can't believe that seagull on my face. <laughs> I have to say, that's kind of what I really questioned whether or not it was appropriate for me to watch certain things anymore. Because I laughed at that. And then I thought, I saw how he was trying to stay calm and not freak this woman out. And how that woman was trying to stay calm for him because he looked like a crazy man. Just <laughs> blood and feathers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's roller coaster. Up. Like, what a worse fan situation ever. <laughs> yep. All right, I met Fabio today. Oh, God, a bird exploded on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they're saving frogs. And then I also saw that elephants are essentially saving themselves. This is kind of sad. This is cool. Because elephants are, they're evolving to lose their tusks so So, like natural selection is you know the ones without tusks there's an evolution change yeah yeah it says researchers are racing to understand the genetics of elephants born without tusks and the consequences of the trait so well you got to figure it's natural selection so it's if they have tusks they're getting killed off if they don't they are living and reproducing more so way to go humanity right because the tusks were there to help them from other animals yeah to protect them yeah. Right. And you can't protect yourself over crazy people with guns. Yeah. Humans can't protect themselves from guns. Yeah. This is America. Guns in my area. My area. I got the strap. I gotta carry them. And those crazy people with guns are a byproduct of our selfishness. So think about that. That's yep. Don't just let the indigenous people take a fucking hit on that, people. We have a, a huge responsibility in that in all aspects of life. Yeah. Well, we, we still have big game hunters in America going over and killing lions and shit because that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, but there's the black market, too, for some of these ingredients. Mm. Yeah, it's like what China lift that ban on a rhino Tigers. horn or something. Like, yeah. yeah. This is going to sound horrible. I like when they get killed. The hunter ends up getting hunted, becoming the hunted. Yep. I don't, I those don't, stories never makes are me funny. Feel bad about those it, but that's 
scary too, right? Yeah. Or like, well, they've tasted blood. Did you see that video of like a sea lion or an otter like came up out of nowhere and slapped a girl in the face? Oh no. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I thought this was kind of interesting. There's like a bunch of statistics and whatnot. I'll just post the link. Yeah. I thought crazy. that was kind of crazy. That it's basically artificial evolution is it's not natural evolution. We're it's man influence. Oh, it's not a girl. It's a dude. I just thought it was a girl because he squealed like one. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're witnessing natural selection. We're forcing. We're, yeah, we're implementing nat- a version of natural selection. Which is crazy. Yeah. But also cool because they're going to survive. But on the plus side, our president is on board with climate change. So that's going to really help. Ch- oh, no, that's not right. No, that's right. We're the one country that's not backing the <laughs> promise to try to beat climate change. Make it great again, I'm guys. winning. I'm feeling all this winning. Yep. I'm getting tired of all this winning. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind. I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And he just gave away private land in Utah, national parks in Utah. Everybody can go and fucking grab a parcel oh, of land. the fucking land grab yeah <laughs> that's funny <laughs> oh he slaps him with an octopus yeah <laughs> just that's what it is bastard. that's even crazier like, eat this shit <laughs> he fucking literally got something to have reached to smack him with like that yep. is a lot of thinking yeah yeah they ain't dumb he probably deserved it that's besides the point an animal was like i'm going to take this piece of food that i hunted I am going to go to the, the surface and I'm going to slap a motherfucker in the face. <laughs> That's some fucking forethought. I don't like your fucking kayak in my territory. <laughs> he bitch slapped his ass. That's so great. There's a Reddit called Animals Being Jerks and it's usually animals in the wild just being dicks to humans like that. And it's amazing. <laughs> Which is like, you know, it's, it's warranted. But on the other side, I saw a cute fox sitting in a chair on somebody's patio like across from them. He was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay, how's it going? <laughs> this is interesting for the land grab. Did you see this, Tyler? Oh no. Oh well, this is actually older. Hold on. So from February. Says, bah. Right? Why did it do? <laughs> but that? still applicable. Oh yeah. It says that the window open. This is December fourth, twenty seventeen. Where's the fucking most recent one? Shouldn't it come up most recent? It should logically, <laughs> but sometimes the most recent isn't the most accurate. So. I think the algorithm is always uh, what's clicked the most. I mean, oh, shouldn't it be fact-based at this point? Well, Google al- algorithm isn't for fact-based. It's for popularity. So when you type in something, it goes to what other people search similar phrases for. I just think that's sad. I think it should be fact-based and then that second. Yeah, no. that's It, it makes it more complex. Did you see the Google walkout? Oh, yeah. I mean, justified. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially with like uh, other companies, too, with the morals just falling away. You know what was crazy to me is it didn't really get a lot of news. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of weird, but doesn't surprise me because look at the time we live in right now. Como was supposed to go down to Mexico and report from the wall there to educate people about the war on drugs in Honduras and how the political change in Cuba shifted everything to Honduras. And that's why you have a lot of these immigrants coming through that you didn't have these huge caravans until we had somebody kind of using that as a wedge issue and inflating the topic. And so people were like, well, fuck it, we'll just come in droves now. But yeah, he was going to go down there and report on it. And then the next thing we saw was that George Bush had passed away. And then a lot of these Mueller things were coming to fruition. Sorry, I was reading this land grab, Trump's campaign against Beard's heir, Beard's heir, 
bear's ears. Sorry. <laughs> it's like the bee's really knees, but of bears. Maybe that's where it comes from. Like the bears go to get the honey, and then the bees are swarming around oh, his knees. The circle of life. <laughs> so Barack Obama established Bears Ears National Monument in December 2016 at the very end of his administration by using powers granted to him under the Antiquities Act, an act for preservation of American antiquities. And it says that Bears Ears is dense in native artifacts. Its designation was also unique and historic because of the amount of artifacts it says, yet even though Obama's declaration was firmly grounded in the original ideals of the law, the Bears Ear designation was also unique and historical. It was, and even though contested remains, the first national monument to grow out of thinking, studying, support, and political power of Native American nations. What is that? <laughs> thinking? Well, it's this thing that we try to do. <laughs> what? why would we do that that's crazy talk so essentially now it's open and up for grabs basically anything obama did he's just trying to erase yeah yeah he's systematically just attacked everything that obama accomplished and trying to just undo it because he hated that a black man was in office yeah exactly and that he doesn't feel that it says bears ears backstory is crucial since it reveals not only what will be lost if the courts uphold the Bears Ears reduction, which ended up happening, but also all that was, however briefly gained, what might be lost besides tribal influence and native cultures ascendance is that protections for over a million acres of land. The remaining 200,000 acres of still protected area would be divided into two non-contiguous sections, Indian Creek and Sasha Jaw the latter containing the actual bear's ears, the prominent peaks that gave the monument its name. Hmm. So we're fucking some shit up. Well, we're not fucking some shit up. The party of destruction is fucking shit up. Well, ultimately, how democracy works is everybody does play a part in it. Yeah. The problem is, is that people haven't been playing a part in it. Yeah, there's so much apathy towards it. Yeah. People really underestimated the level of work that goes into it for everybody and what can happen when people are lackadaisical about it. And that's been the biggest lesson here, that sometimes what bores the shit out of you is the thing you need to be paying attention to most. Yeah. Tanya, I saw that you sent the other national monument that they tried to get Obama to pass here in Santa Cruz County, which is essentially like the Davenport coastal area. Did that pass? I thought that it had. So I was actually still kind of looking. Okay. But yeah, it, just on that related note, it, it's upsetting sometimes when I talk to people just at work and general public about the issues and things that are going on. It just comes up and it's like nobody's heard of things. Nobody knows what's going on. I've had to talk to people like the whole you know, Mueller uh, investigation is. They don't even know. Right. You, you, you know people who don't understand who Mueller is at this point? Oh, yeah. They don't even know that our president's getting investigated for these things. They're just so out of touch with what's going on in the news cycle which i can get because it's, it's overwhelming with all the info and all and a lot of it's just bleak but yeah democracy dies in darkness and the only way for democracy to or at least our republic to function is an informed public so well that's pretty cool that you're taking the time to 
talk to these people about it because that's exactly like what you said. Well, I mean, the, I mean, it harks back to what I was just saying that, it, that we're such a lazy society that that you know, I, you know, I was polite and said lackadaisical, but now after hearing that, we're such a lazy society that we won't even do the bare minimum, which is look at the information that's cultivated for you. Yeah. Well, it's frustrating, too, because you know that it's not... I mean, you know, there's weird things going on with news. I mean, it's ultimately, there's a lot to manage. It, it is a form of entertainment. But, you know, these people... Can, being a news talking head, especially for like network like CNN, is not easy. I mean, these are very well-educated people. No. I mean, even with something as simple as... You have as, to be following multiple things all the time. Yeah. I mean, even something with Bush here passing away, it was clear these people were yanked out of their beds in the middle of the night and having to regurgitate all of the facts and that they had known about this individual and make really good use of that time while it was being aired, not just being informative, but trying to get you to grasp and understand history. Fuck people, man. You got to do better. I mean, it's only as good as you put into it. We're, we're only as good as our week links and that's what all the businessmen know that's yep. true and it does say that the mercury news reported in january 2017 that obama designates santa cruz coastal property as a new national monument so it must have cleared the properties all owners by the u.s bureau of land management totaled roughly 6,230 acres they include rugged oceanfront bluffs along humboldt county's lost coast trinidad harbor near oregon border and it looks like san luis obispo near hearst castle as well coast area's properties was already protected but the designation could raise the profile of the land and lead to new funding to open the property to the public supporters said which is good so people can actually like enjoy that area Yeah, because i thought the like hearst castle was owned by the hearst family but i i think yeah i remember hearing something once that it did become like a national National well, Park. I think it's the area around the Hearst Castle. Okay. I think it's all the area that burned last year. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Los Padres is just north of that. That's the national forest around Big Sur. Okay. Yeah, I know that's national. Whatever. That's cool. <laughs> right, right. Uh, protected land. State yeah. parks. Yep. Some of them. Well, it's different when they're state and federal, as we've seen with the campfire. It's okay, guys. We just got to get the rakes out and we can uh, fix that. Yeah, just rake some shit. Can you fucking believe that <laughs> shit? That's just blazing. That's ballsy. That's yeah. and it's also the same reasons why he's not showing up to events with intelligent people, with our armed forces and things like that, because he can't say this shit and look people in the eyes. Yep. Uh, people with integrity in the eyes, in particular. Yep. Scumbag crazy. president is a scumbag. <laughs> On another <laughs> depressing <laughs> note, <laughs> we call this the Debbie Downer episode. <laughs> Here comes Debbie Downer. Dun, dun. I got to see some family over the holidays. What what'd you do this Thanksgiving, Tyler? Went out to my parents out in Pacific Grove right and hung out with them and my nephew, my brother. And we had a tamale pie instead of like Ooh, traditional yummy. turkey. I know you guys do that. What is tamale pie? It's a dish my mom makes. It's basically like a chili. And you put that in a casserole dish. And then you put cornbread mix over the top of it. And you bake it so the cornbread puffs up over it. And then you just mm. scoop it out and put it on I a plate and have recipe. it. 
<laughs> you know, we kind of did something similar. We didn't have our Thanksgiving till the next day mm-hmm. because when company arrived, it was the day of Thanksgiving and we were like, it's too much work to prep Thanksgiving and have the kitten. kittens yeah. and have family come. So I made shepherd's pie. Ooh, so nice. we kind of kind of did a casserole like thing too. Super yeah. yummy shepherd's pie. Yeah, th- we've done it for years now and it's and it's it's a lot easier instead of doing the whole fucking fanfare of stuffing and mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce and sweet potatoes and like all these other things like just make a normal dinner and just hang out so much work man i like the side oh on friday though we blew it it was gluttonous friday it was so bad i thought we were gonna have to hang fucking pine trees in this house (laughs) (laughs) it was it was good though i i'm not like a super turkey fan sometimes i dig it sometimes i don't she smoked the turkey. But... I like a turkey leg at a Renaissance fair. That's about the only time Ooh, I really like enjoy turkey. Those are good because they're greasy. They like yeah, it's greasy. Like... It's yeah, it's charred and it's fucking all. You're already in the Renaissance, so fuck it. You just rip into that <laughs> shit and walk around, and eat a fucking leg of an animal, go for it, drink some mead. And... <laughs> I've never been to a Renaissance fair, but the Six Flags in Texas has like a, a Renaissance section. Mm. Yeah, and you can get that stuff there, and oh, it's good. But I always they get a give you your turkey leg so... and your plastic glove. That's how, yeah. that's how it's served. It's so funny. I just go straight up savage on. I have grease dripping down my arm and <laughs> <laughs> just walking around like a drunken buffoon eating a fucking animal and just like, I, I feel bad though. There's so many turkeys out there with no legs. <laughs> I think we should, I think the next festival, we should all dress up and do a podcast episode. Yeah. Oh, we totally should. We could totally be your sluts. <laughs> His winches. I mean, there's that one in Costa de Fruta, but it just ended because it runs, I think from like September to October. But we'll have to pre-plan this yeah. and just record we it. Could just go around asking people shit. Did yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think we should do that. Where'd you get these hoes from? There's so much. There's actually a lot of fun. There's a lot of really cool shows, and there's people like actors wandering the venue constantly. So people are like coming up to you, interacting with you, and it's just That's cool. you know, so basically people like just get drunk and pretend that it's you know the Renaissance. And I'm just gonna be a wench with like a few teeth missing, and <laughs> I'll have to punch them out the night before. They say we'll all be happy because there's like there's pushed up boobs everywhere uh, uh, <laughs> in it for the titties yep. oh my god just fucking motorboating people randomly you know, there's, a, there's a lot of like boob shots they'll, they'll put like a shot glass in the boobs and then you know someone will come and take a shot out of it oh, uh-uh. it's wonderful as long as it's not a hot sweaty day i'm okay well it usually is but <laughs> they should do a ball version of that come get your shot glass ball shots well, when my family was here and we were eating shepherd's pie, we're talking about a place that we like to eat at in his area. And it's a, it's got the world's longest marble counter. It's in Manhattan. Mm. But you can go up to the counter and get a really good beer and they'll give you like a personal French carafe with shepherd's pie in it. It's fucking awesome. Oh, nice. He's a single guy. And so he eats alone a lot. So he was talking about how he was there and that there was this older gentleman sitting next to him and a song had come on. And the way this guy started up a conversation with him was by one outlining that he recognized him as a millennial and that (laughs) he most likely didn't know the song. And much to this guy's dismay and put down his fork, gave him lots of fun facts about that song and gave him a nice ass chewing about being a millennial. No. And... I happen to agree with that. I'm not a big fan of alienating any particular group, especially since part of the reason why we're having any kind of symptom fallout with millennials is thanks to the baby boomers, if we're going to start fucking pointing fingers and shit. (laughs) But then after my family left, I saw this article 
And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe this is a fun fact because, you know, it's all about power and control and I know this yeah. over you and, you know, th that same old fucking boring game, right? Oh, Julie, there's the place. Oh, you clicked on mine. But yeah, I found the place so Tyler could see what it looked like. That's in there. rad. That's crazy. I just thought it was going to be like one whole piece, like straight down. It no curve like that. It's a beautiful place. We actually happened on it on accident. We were like dying yeah, of malnutrition, and it's not too far from Times Square. So, like, if you want to venture out a little bit and get like a little into Manhattan, all you really have to do is go down a street or two. Yeah, I think it's called. What's the restaurant called? Wild Times or something like that. But I came across this article, it came out November 30th on, on NPR, and it says, why aren't millennials spending? And the reason why millennials aren't spending is because they are poorer than the previous generations. Not yeah. generation, generations. Yep. Which is... We're the poorest of the poor. Like, we're, <laughs> we're pissed off and sad because you fucked up everything, guys. And they're getting insulted on the regular, which was why the interest rates changed when Democrats took over after Bush. You know, it used to be the financial sector was set up in such a way where your elders, if they were doing everything that they were told to do by their parents, and that was to scrimp and save and, and whatnot, because, you know, their family came, you know, their predecessors came from the Depression era and, and understood the importance of saving. So when you saved back in those days, you made a lot of money off your interest rates. But then what happened is, is everybody kind of did what they're doing right now to the millennials, and that's kind of hoarding and information and, and kind of getting this high on the hog, I'm king of the molehill kind of mentality and alienating an entire group of people, yep. which ended up kind of being the 60s and 70s. And so that actually is happening now to the millennials. Now, the, the middle-aged people are making, you know, a little more money than than average. The elderly have no interest rates to make money from. So right there into itself, you've actually disconnected family groups along with information, quite frankly, which is why a lot of these people don't know anything. Just to point mm. that out. <laughs> and then we're making it impossible for them to make a living. The, this generation is not buying cars, not because they don't want cars, because they're not capable of affording them or yeah. maintaining them. ride share things coming up. It used to be you car manufacturers built cars to where, you know, if certain parts broke down, if you were savvy enough, you could go and fix it yourself. Now they're all fucking so computer operated that you that can. is no longer the case. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. It was kind of interesting interesting him being here and us having that conversation because myself as a is a middle-aged person I can't stand anybody that being their segue to a conversation with me is bitching about millennials don't yeah there's always that I don't get it like every generation there's always like oh these kids they don't know what they're doing kind of thing right. and it's like it's funny because it happened to the baby boomers and here they are doing the same fucking thing and right. it's just like yeah, absolutely really? true. did you not learn that lesson when you were younger <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's fucking creepy right. as shit and it alienates people it creates a disconnect yeah. and it and that's why these people are able to manipulate us because they're it's so easy to divide and conquer yeah the ununited states of america well, that's what the republican party has done a really good job at we heard a republican person who was that the other day that was caught on tape saying that if republicans were in i'm not even going to say the country but if republicans were in that country they would be Nazis 
or if Nazis were to be here, they would be the Republican Party. So yeah. at the furthest, most right wing thought of that idea, that's where we're at. Yep. Yeah, it was a Republican senator who just got reelected who said that. Yeah, there was what was that senator a week or two ago? He had a document that was about how atheists need to be purged from society because they're not following. <laughs> yeah, they're not like following God's plan and stuff like that. And they don't belong in America and they have to be basically executed if you're an atheist <laughs> on the flip side of that catholics are now saying the pope is now saying that that homosexuals no longer have a place in the catholic religion homosexuals are fine in any religion it's pedophiles there's a difference yes yeah, exactly <laughs> should be going after the pedophiles in your uh, in your midst instead of uh, in your people who are just trying to get by <laughs> basically but hey, you know, what I learned recently was that there is a way to make your cells younger so these assholes can live a lot longer. It's time to break out the guillotines. Is it the beer and salad diet? Because I think I'm going to win. Science! Yeah, I think it's science. No, <laughs> I was listening to, I can't find the original thing for the life of me that I was listening to. It was like, it wasn't NPR because it was British, but it was like on a talk radio station in the car on my way to somewhere. And this woman, I'll summarize it the best I can. Such a tease. <laughs> this scientist had like a intern who came to her and she was like, I'm kind of busy, but here, take these cells and go ahead and do blah, blah with it and, you know, see what happens. She gave her a mindless task, a busy task. Yeah. So she was like, here's some busy work. I know what the outcome's going to be. It's not going to do anything crazy. So whatever, just go do it. So eager, she goes and she performs this experiment and she comes back and she's like, these cells, they got younger. They essentially aged backwards. And the lead scientist was like, no, 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 that's not, that's not the case. It was a woman scientist. I don't, I, like I said, I don't know what her name was, which really sucks. But she was like, no, you grabbed the wrong cells, you infantile moron. <laughs> you know I mean? like, like, okay, this is going to be a great working relationship. You already fucked up on day one. So she was like, okay. She's like, just redo it. So she goes ahead and she redoes it. And same thing comes back. She's like, okay, okay. She's still questioning it. She's like, as a scientist, your job is to question everything. Even if you yourself obtain some sort of result, your job is to question and question and question and question and recreate this, proving that it's actual fact. Like, it's not like, oh, look, one and done. You know, yeah, like, yeah, no, you, you repeatedly test it. Yeah, so she, she continuously has her go back and then they both do the experiment and the same results. These cells are like decreasing in age. So they're getting younger. Long story short, the summation of it was whatever it was that they found that was de-aging these cells, they're like trying to hold really close to them because they've got all these companies like cosmetologist companies. They're saying they're just really trying to keep it quiet. They're not taking meetings. They're not taking calls because all these companies Big business companies want to have essentially the vultures are what out. they're seeing as the what is it in Indiana Jones, the Holy Grail. They want to have you know the Holy not Grail, not Jesus and Christ, but Indiana Jones, the Holy Grail. Sounds like a Monty Python, <laughs> no, right? Well, no, because they drink the they drink the water from the Holy Grail, and it and it makes them young again. So it essentially reflects reverse aging science discovers the ark of the covenant 
(laughs) (laughs) Their thing is they're not going to let this go because they don't feel like it should be in a facial cream to make you look younger. They're like, I'm going to use it for vaginal rejuvenation. (laughs) Fuck that surgery. (laughs) They're like, the point of this is we have the ability to take cancer cells, maybe. And make what? cancer cells We're younger save because leukemia, kids. What about <laughs> well, my wrinkled up badge? <laughs> they don't. They don't care because the way that cancer. So the way that a cancer cell works is you have a cell that is like accelerates in speed of aging, right? And then essentially peer pressure. It convinces these other cells that they too should give up and just age along with it. So that's why like cancer spreads because your body essentially gives into peer pressure and you're like. Oh fuck! All my well, cells if he's are dying. Doing off. That, I'll do it too. <laughs> right? I mean, hey, he jumped off a bridge. Fuck it. Why can't I? So you know, that's their goal for it. But I, in my searching process, I did uh, find this. I fucking love science article that I did send. There is a video there. Oh sweet! Like this guy with the stash here. Yeah, the guy who has like a really bad hair piece. <laughs> Creepy. He actually kind of looks like the guy who said he was going to do the human yeah, hair mm-hmm. transplant. <laughs> yeah, well, he looks. He looks like he got hair plugs. Right. On his face, even. I'm a big boy now. Oh yeah, that is a uh, that's Elon Musk level of a uh, hair regeneration. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have seen like the before and after pictures of him, right? <laughs> yeah, I've I've made a mental note of you know it's not bad. I've seen uh, worse, like this guy yeah. right here. <laughs> mm-hmm. A machine churning the little bins is very soothing. <laughs> I could watch that for hours. So, like, what they're doing here in the Houston Methodist is this disease that you know affects children. They're able to treat these cells that are rapidly aging and prolong their lifespan. They can actually reverse it. I mean, everybody must be after this. This must be insane if this is real. Yeah. Because the bottom line is is nobody wants a roast beef sandwich for a vagina. <laughs> people aren't thinking about it. It's not people. about the vagina. It's the person attached to it. <laughs> so they're, this place in Houston is developing it still, but they're essentially seeing the same thing. They're able to see the reversal of these aging cells, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Like Tanya was saying, it's that eternal chase for like the fountain of youth kind of thing. Yeah. Like humanity's always going to be going after that because who doesn't want to live forever? Me. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I mean, put my brain in a nice cyborg body and get rid of all this goddamn biology. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, if I didn't have to deal with... You know, it's like when you have a car that you have for like 150,000 miles, you're like, sweet, I just have to replace this thing, but your shocks are gone, so you run down the road and, yep. and like every time you fix one thing, something else falls apart. That's you're essentially... describing my car right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially what happens to your human body, man. So I'd, I'd seen that, and then I started listening to the NASA podcast, Organ Chips. I won't go into that, but I'll put the link in the... You can go into Organ Chips. That was kind of cool. Chips in Oregon? (laughs) (laughs) My understanding, I'm not a scientist, so I recommend that you definitely listen to the podcast. And this NASA podcast called Houston We Have a Podcast is really cool. There's not one episode that I've heard on here that sucked. So... This one here was about organs on chips, and they they call them chips because essentially they're crunchy, like a computer chip. 
Oh. <laughs> not, not like a Dorito. Crunchy and made of potatoes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> not corn. Fucking Mexicans. Keep your masa. <laughs> yeah, I love right. the tortilla chip. <laughs> right. So secondary, secondary. White is right. <laughs> well, I got dark. <laughs> <laughs> they call them chips because, like, scientifically, if you have a computer, it's a computer chip, right? Yeah. So basically, what they're doing is they're making these. Okay, so it's so sci-fi that it's even hard to explain, like in reality. But they've partnered with the. National Institute of Health. Kind of is reality though, right? It is reality. But I'm saying it's hard to describe as reality <laughs> because it's so crazy. So essentially what they're doing is NASA's partnered with a scientific program manager, Dr. Lucy Lowe, at the National Institute of Health. And so they've... Not Lucy Liu. <laughs> no. Uh, they've created these tiny devices about the size of a thumb drive that replicates the structure and function of human organs. Hmm. So they're essentially making these organs. My brain instantly went to Cartoonville and it was like in Futurama where they had the heads in the glass jars. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what they're doing is they're creating these things like hearts and lungs and they're able to either just have standalone systems that essentially plug into like a master motherboard, right? And it circulates oxygen and 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 Blastar. <laughs> and it and it makes these organs living things even though they're not in a living thing. So what they're doing is because, you know, with our exploration in space, when you go to space, it accelerates all your body's functions. And people who are in space for a long period of time, their body has, you know, their cells are not getting younger, they're getting older. Has degenerated, as Tyler was yeah. saying before. Yeah, so same thing, but they're like, what we can learn from space is how to deal with this to see what actually is happening. Because if we're talking about going to Mars, we need to understand the ramifications in the long-term sense of this. So what they're doing is they're sending these these chips up and they're doing one of two things. Some of the chips they're freezing immediately so it stops the aging process, but also they're sending chips up and they're having them go for long periods of time. So now this is not like an exact quote, but say it's up there for a year, it's essentially up there for 16 years because we're able to study the the faster rate like long-term effects yeah which is in turn helping people understand here. the effects on your organs so now it's like cells yeah. from these organs right i think they created the cells from existing organs and they put them on these chips essentially yeah. to to replicate them so they are a living organism and and then they can assemble them in in different ways you know what? i know we're at the point now recently that we are able to develop basically not 3d print but basically grow organs for people like that need an organ say you need a kidney they yeah. can take you know your stem cells and essentially basically build you a new kidney and you mean i can cancel my check on that farmed kidney <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah you can get a brand new one you don't have to go to the black market oh. anymore <laughs> you can go to the regular market yep. Fuck. <laughs> i mean you lose changer. all the fun of you know stealing someone's kidney and leaving them in a bathtub full of ice but <laughs> <laughs> i mean hey good times damn it way more humane <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy I thought that was interesting because they're doing this in the long terms of going to mars but last week tyler sent us a video of 
It was like now, a everybody's headed to Mars, right? Right well, now, NASA is planning to go to the moon. Well, no, Tyler sent us a video uh, last week. I that thought they're what going I meant to the moon. moon. Sorry. I don't think I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, Tanya. But no, but I've been really seeing cool. lots of things, and like it's kind of started the thing with Russia again too, because they're like, we're going to the moon too, <laughs> right? But I would like to say that the video that Tyler sent was really fucking cool because it definitely made me like all excited about it. So yeah, it was a really <laughs> good like together. PR stunt. Oh sweet, right? And it's the Dirty Job guys narrating it. Oh, I didn't know that. I forgot what his name. Mike Rowe. Ignition sequence start. All engines are We have taken tremendous steps. We choose to go to the moon before this dictator's out. We have achieved the earth-shaking, the breathtaking, the groundbreaking. And left a mark in the heavens. Our successes build one upon another and amplify what is possible. It's time we take the next great leap. We're building the next chapter of American exploration, returning to the moon to stay, so we can go beyond to Mars to expand what's possible and further our understanding. The architecture for these missions is already taking shape. We will go with new systems, bold designs, and a sustainable mission. You can hear it, taste it, touch it. We are going. We are training, testing, pressing our pioneering spirit into every component, defining our resolve with every line of code, and securing our success with every welcomed partnership. This is not hypothetical. This is not about flags and footprints. This is about sustainable science and feeding forward the advance of the human spirit. Because we are the pioneers, the star sailors, the thinkers, the visionaries, the doers. And because we stand on the shoulders of giants to go farther than humanity has ever been, we will add our names to the roles of the greatest adventurers in history. Every day, every mission, we advance this call. We are NASA. And after 60 years, we're just getting started. This is old school fun, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's almost it it that's kind of what it feels like though. It totally feels like we were reading a book, we were all on this journey together. And then some shit fucking went down, and then we said, ooh, we'll fucking just set that book down for a minute. We're a little in over our heads and don't have enough money. Preoccupied elsewhere. War. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the money was preoccupied elsewhere. These people can't can't do these things without funding, so the funding went elsewhere. Yeah, on war. But that's cool. <laughs> I like the little plug to SpaceX with the rocket, with every partnership. Well, that's the cool thing is they're like, we can't do this, but this is about partnership. Yeah. I mean, people are supposed to work together. I mean, how else did those Pollocks get that fucking light bulb out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's so it's so crazy. It's like so simple. It's genius. They keep communication as limited as possible with one another. Once, once you lose education and communication, we're fucked. Yeah. Everybody's going to work together. Yeah. My default motto is kindness above all things. We're all living in a society. 
the whole point is to work together to help each other out and to better each other by working together. If we lose like the core tenets of being kind and understanding and helping those that need help, what's the point of having a society? That was kind of the cool thing about that movie Arrival. The whole thing was there's these 12 units that came down, you know, these UFOs, and they required you to all work together, all these different countries. Like that was the point, like you had to work together. I thought that was really cool because... I kind of feel like that's where we are. It was cool because that's about the time I woke up in the movie for the crescendo. (laughs) (laughs) But again, back to cartoons like Lilo and Stitch, it was like the United Planets. Mm. (laughs) Like You know what I mean? That's the end game. We're never going to survive if we continue to be these lone countries and cultures and yeah mono nothing works i don't know again it takes it's a reflective of the society we live in that people you know we're supposed to be the land of free where immigrants from all over are supposed to come and then start a new life but the thing that i find most ironic about it is that you know trump's whole campaign was rooted off of the back that we weren't being responsible with the number of immigrants that were coming into this country and that wasn't true yeah. Yeah. If you watch Adam ruins everything. Oh, you should grab that. He has an immigration one. I couldn't find the whole video, so I think you have to go through Hulu but to watch like it. But there's a really good Cliff Notes video. Uh, let me see if I can. And those were put into place because you know the bottom line is this: until we fix the war on drugs, you're not going to fix that other issue. Oh no! Not, here's and, the full and, thing. And it keeps exacerbating and and creating this ladder of insanity because of it. But when people just focus on the one the, the surface level thing and don't research the information leading up to it, it's just like, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool that one these organ chips are pretty fucking cool, and then for NASA to put out that commercial that they're going to the moon, which I would like to say, I believe we spoke of two episodes ago, our budding scientist Tyler (laughs) mentioned that we should just inhabit the moon first because it's a good testing ground. It's close. We have been there before. Like It's going to be easier to get things there yeah and it's i'm just parroting what people say and it's yeah that it's a stepping stone but that's what we all do that's what artists do that's what everybody does that's how you learn and grow when people stifle that idea it's crazy yeah the whole thing in science is that we see so far because we stand on the shoulders of giants that Fact. Yeah, those bef- came before us who proved these things allow us to see even further. So we, it's a collaborative effort. That's what science really is. It's just be a rainbow in somebody's cloud. Nope, butterfly in the sky. Butterfly in the sky. <laughs> I can go twice as high. The other cool NASA space thing that also came from this Houston We Have a Podcast is that they're now essentially testing and utilizing escape pods on our... From the United States? Can I buy this? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. no. It's not like in Spaceballs where you sit, you know, the bear in your seatbelt. But... (laughs) (laughs) You shoot out of the crown. (laughs) So they have two guests on and they speak about the Orion Ascents Orbiter 2 crew module, which is launch abort vehicle test mission. So essentially they're putting in all these, you know, science engineered crap into... The rocket, so we don't have the tragedy of astronauts blowing up before they've even left the ground. In the TV show The First, spoiler alert, but if you haven't seen it, oh well, you're you're behind the times. (laughs) You had your chance. (laughs) But that was like the tragedy that plagued their first NASA mission was all the people that they had spent years training blew up. So when you only have five or seven 
of the best of the best, you probably want to make sure that they are alive. Yeah. You know, and if something happens, my understanding of this this system is there's like it gives them the reaction time to eject themselves. However, because the human is not as you know, fast instantaneous as with Yeah. So nine times out of ten, they'll see that something does go wrong, but the system itself is gonna have already ejected them before they go, Oh, I'm gonna push this button to eject. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of cool. They're already testing it and I was like, Well, this is definitely a game changer because it's not as popular as it was. And like like you said, Tanya, it's like we were reading this book and then we put it on the shelf for a while. So not a lot of people want to blow up when you're a kid. You're you don't want to be an astronaut as much anymore. You yeah. know, they're like, oh, I don't want to strap myself to rocket fuel and explode. Like, this doesn't seem like a good to idea. A very underfunded. <laughs> yeah, those are definitely two podcasts that you should check out and listen to. Nice. I remember when my brother was younger, we were like sitting at dinner and he asked my dad, he's like, why don't they have ejection seats in helicopters? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> was, like really quiet. <laughs> exactly. It's like, think about it. What's above you? Oh yeah, that's not going to work. Just eject out the bottom. But <laughs> Like shoot off sideways. Nope. But I mean, we need to like think of things like this because we need to Save these I people. just would like everybody to know he's an Air Force mechanic now, so <laughs> JBL now. weld and buck and duct tape. <laughs> duct tape saves America. But not actually used for duct. No, but not right, exactly. Because <laughs> that's what it was created for, right? Duct work? I think so. Or ducks. One or the other. No, it's it's it was created for uh heating and cooling duct. Yeah, but I I, th- I remember seeing once that like it's actually not like good for that job. <laughs> At all. Yeah, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> These men are aviation cadets. A short while ago, they too were average American boys from average American families. In the near future, they will have learned many things. How to pilot a plane, how to navigate, or how to operate a bomb site. If you're 17, you can enlist in the Air Corps Reserve. You'll be called to training soon after your 18th birthday. There are things to do and places to go, and the Army Air Forces will supply both to healthy, adventurous, and patriotic young men with a will to smack the enemy where it hurts the most. It's one of those like random today I learned things, and it was duct tape is actually not a suitable use on ducks. It was designed with that purpose, but it ended up being useful for a lot of other things, except for its design purpose. <laughs> it says, during World War II... Johnson & Johnson developed an adhesive tape made from a rubber-based adhesive applied to durable duct cloth backing. This tape resisted water and was used as sealing tape on some ammunition cases during that period. Wasn't Silly Putty invented to, like, clean the soot off of your wallpaper or some shit? And then <laughs> when wallpaper fell out of fashion and we started cleaning up the air in our homes and stopped burning wood and shit. They had to find a new, you can't sell buggy whips forever. <laughs> Silly putty was, oh, also from World War II. Silly putty was invented by accident during World War II. What is silly putty? Well, it's a real solid liquid. If you put it so, it'll go forever, like taffy. If you give it a sharp tug, it'll break like a biscuit. It'll bounce higher. Than a rubber ball. And remember, nothing else is silly putty.
engineered by James Wright, was working for the U.S. War Production Board trying to create an inexpensive substitute for synthetic rubber at the General Electric Lab in Connecticut. Hmm. So he was like, oops, look, silly putty. <laughs> also an invention of World War II chain smokers because <laughs> cigarettes were in every ration kit. Nope. It's true. Thanks, and, William uh, Morris. Another uh, invention is M&M's. The uh, peanut M&M's were designed for soldiers to be able to carry a food that was non-perishable, didn't like melt. That is cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, something, let's see. Yeah, because it, it's very transportable. It carries protein, carries carbs, and carries sugar. You know, all the things a growing boy needs. To fight a war. Yep. Be a bullet catcher. I did not know that. Oh, that's crazy. I did not know that either. M&M's. So was that in World War II also? Yeah, M&M was created in 1941 in Newark, New Jersey during World War II. Sugar-coated shells made the product ideal as a non-melt ration for American soldiers deployed overseas. So Silly Putty, duct tape, and M&M's were all... The byproduct of World War II. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's really unfortunate. There's a lot of progress that can be made from war. It's terrible because it costs human lives, but there's you're constantly inventing to fix problems to win. Yeah. We also used to make money during wars, which we don't do anymore either because of the contract no. laws. So I'm not like really into war. I'm not like, oh, yay, I'm making a dime because somebody died. But that's changed too. So people who are like real right-wing re- Republicans, I mean, that's kind of that's something to think about. It's kind of weird. Insert song, war, what is it good for? (laughs) Absolutely nothing. What is that, Julie? What movie is that? I don't know what movie that comes from, actually. I think it pops up in probably like... Probably a, like every war movie. I think, what is it, Full Metal Jacket? I think it pops up in that. Yeah. And I imagine Tropic Thunder. <laughs> we watched sections of the Mel Brooks Nazi film. Oh, The Great Dictator? Or what is it? Yeah, I think that's what it was called. We actually... Well, you guys were watching... I saw the end of it, but... Or I think it's just The Dictator. Wasn't the dictator the Charlie Chaplin movie? Okay, I might be getting confused. No, wait, the, the dictator is a, a Sasha Baron Cohen oh. movie. I mean, oh. it's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? What was that movie called though? The Mel Brooks movie that you guys just watched? It was like a documentary. You know what it was? I was <laughs> I was talking to my family members about the documentary The Aristocrats. Not to be confused with the Aristocats, which is if you don't already know the oldest dirtiest joke that comedians tell one another to just totally gross them out and make them laugh it's appalling if you are easily offended don't look for it don't bitch to me about it but it's really funny it's so hard to find we couldn't find it that was our yeah. problem but every time i kept looking for it this mel brooks documentary came up and it was called the last laugh and it okay. was about jewish humor yeah the boundaries of jewish comedy essentially what's deemed as allowable and funny and like who's allowed to laugh at certain things and what's going to be funny to some people and not to others and the generation gaps. So like older people, when they listen to Sarah Silverman or something like that, they're like, what the yeah. fuck has she lost her mind? <laughs> but now she's kind of made a bit of a resurgence because part of the point of blue comedy is to exacerbate the most exaggerated. And when you are no longer the joke, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> 
I looked up blue comedy and it's also known as ribaldery. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Bodiness, gaminess, or body. Spelt with a W and an A. Because <laughs> English, fuck it making sense. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting movie. It was kind of interesting to see people's takes on it. How people felt about the Mel Brooks Hitler movie when it came out. And I think it's called Hitler in the Spring. <laughs> That's actually. <it>. <laughs> <laughs> Where's, what is it? I like, love what, that. This is a song. It's, it's springtime in Germany for Hitler or whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that? I've seen it referenced. I've never actually seen it. I haven't either. I've got to watch it. But we watched basically watched it through watching this documentary that kept pulling up in place of the aristocrats, which, by the way, is pretty funny and really done well. They showed a shot of the play and all these intellectuals in the audience with just their mouths gaping wide open. You could hear a fucking pin drop in that place. And to have such a fucking gape performance on that stage not miss a beat they're like fuck it we're gonna keep going we're gonna keep on (laughs) springtime for hitler a gay romp with adolf and eva at bertisher garden is a fictional musical in mel brooks film from 1967 the producers as well as the staged musical adaptation of the movie and the 2005 adaptation of the musical so i guess the movie is actually the producers that's what it was yeah but springtime for hitler is the play inside of the movie so that was pretty funny. i think i've seen the producers once i kind of vaguely remember it i think it might have been one of those drunken nights where like oh we're gonna watch a bunch of mel brooks films and then proceed to forget a lot of them <laughs> right. Yeah, we bought a box set recently. We'll have to uh, revisit. I don't remember which one. Honestly, I've, right uh, now, it's no longer funny. <laughs> yeah, a little too... Well, I mean, yeah, I, right. I love Mel Brooks. He's just... He's a genius. He's amazing. I keep wanting to rewatch uh, Blazing Saddles because I've been playing the new game Red Dead Redemption, which is rootin' tootin', cowboy shootin' kind of game. <laughs> and so, like, I've been big up on Westerns lately, thusly me watching Deadwood. But, yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely need to throw Blazing Saddles in there. Yeah, I mean, like, Blazing Saddles is amazing. The pet a man threw away. Now, what'll that asshole think of next? Is anybody got a dime? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody's got to go back and get a shitload of dimes. Uh, I fucking love Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Tyler, did you were you able to watch that NASA landing? Oh, no, I, I wasn't able to watch it like live, but I, I watched some of the uh, little footage from it. The recaps? Mm. I mean, it's, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of just technical garbage. <laughs> yeah. What was it that they were landing on Mars? Oh, it's it's a new probe. An anal probe? New probe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was yeah, the insight. insight. That's what it was. I, I was totally blanking. I was Googling. <laughs> I was stalling for time with comedy, but you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just remember the, the, one of the best like clips from the landing was there was a clip of like two of the people in the control room. They stand up and do this like elaborate like handshake thing together <laughs> to celebrate. <laughs> and they're like, they're, they're like the two whitest like cornbread, uh, you know, yeah. but it was, it was funny to watch. They're like, yes, ultimate nerding said launched from Earth in May and it landed in November. That's yep. crazy. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I. I assume with most Seven probes, you don't really have to limit speeds and velocity and stuff like that. You can just fucking fling that shit across <laughs> as opposed to like humans. Right? You have to really have to you know, take it slower kind of thing. That's pretty crazy. Probes for sloths. It says that the lander is not looking for signs of life or evidence of past water like the last mission to Mars with the Curiosity rover. 
It will use a suite of instruments to study the interior of Mars, measuring any Mars quakes and trying to work out what the core is made of. It's interesting. It's always funny because uh, there was a picture I saw and it was like someone comparing like, you know, so you see these probes, so you think, oh, it's the size of like a shopping cart kind of thing. And these things are like basically van sized vehicles. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We just threw Walter White's Winnebago. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially now with like doing all the, the analysis they're able to do, you need a basically just kind of like a mobile lab essentially right well that was what was cool about these chips these organ chips was it was they're so like small i keep thinking of like it's like a kidney that's been like finally it's like sliced. a bag of fucking doritos yep. full of kidneys yep. <laughs> but that was like the other thing it, they're like it's kind, kind of think about like slides I, I don't think it's like a full-on lung or whatever in a in a space jar but <laughs> I was actually looking for Hold pictures because I was. It's not a full-on organ. Pretty curious, but I couldn't find anything. I'm totally. I'm totally it's a kidding. full-on functioning yeah, it, organ. Yeah, I don't think it's like the actual size, but. Like I'm disappointed. I'm out. Of here. <laughs> I'm, out. I'm, I'm done, guys. See if I can't. I want to see I something big and thumping. <laughs> mm, back to the double entendres, huh? I think this is the same thing. These are tissue chips. Mm, tissue chips. This has a photo. <laughs> yeah, so that's why they're called chips because the if you look at the picture, that's what it looks like. So it's like living organisms, but it doesn't look like what you think it looks like. Yeah, a so. computer. That's a still a trip. Yeah, it's a fucking. That was what was cool about. Like, how could my brain think of that? Y you can't really. I mean, <laughs> but that's that's what's cool about the NASA podcast. The guy who does it is not a scientist, so you know he has the same questions that we have. Mm. But it's like, so basically, you're saying this, and he he's really good at like dumbing it down into. Like every everyday terms. Something. Yeah. So it makes more sense to yeah. you. Something tangible. But yeah, these actually look like, I'll put these in the links below. It looks like how they're connecting them. So again, you know, as, as we progress, the line between like organic and synthetic is going to become more and more blurry. Right. And fucking sci-fi is real life. Again, referencing back <laughs> like I think two episodes ago about cyberpunk. We're heading into yeah. our cyberpunk dystopia. Exactly. Bring it. Oh, yeah, but when we can pick up our own body mods and, like, become all super geniuses, we all can be rich, right? I mean, money actually probably wouldn't even be an issue at that point. Yeah, it's, we're heading... We're such a hierarchical society that we're going to find something to differentiate the... Yeah, those from the haves and have-nots. Yeah, that's just how it works. Yep. That's why it's such a fucking mess, is because you always have one group right. going... Yep. I was trying to keep... You know, it like, you know, I was going to make the Star Trek reference, because, you know, Star Trek in the future, they don't have money. They live in this quote-unquote utopia, but there's a lot of hints that, you know, we've talked about it before, that in Star Trek, it's pain is a perfect universe, but then you start seeing the cracks that there's this militarist side of the Federation, and there's corruption, and da-da-da-da-da. Like, even in this quote-unquote utopia, there's people still find a way to be terrible. Yeah. There's always an asshole. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the biggest reasons why the Nazis were so successful is because they came into Germany at a time where everybody financially was under dire straits and it was not fun yep. at all. Sounds familiar. Uh -huh. <laughs> and Creepy. once people started to embolden themselves and bring themselves out of their situation that they were in and feel like they had control over their lives much in the way that putin has run russia quite frankly mm -hmm. that's why it was so easy to do those things to wrangle people in and manipulate them into doing what they wanted yep. to do well, it's, but, you know it's a classic fascist tactic is you basically play off the fears and anger of people and use that to your advantage which uh might or might not be happening right now here in america yeah America, Ooh, fuck yeah. so great. All that winning, can't do. America, fuck yeah.
again, that game I'm playing, Red Dead Redemption, there's this mission where you and a, another character go into town and get drunk. And you get, like, blackout drunk, and there's, like, all these, like, crazy antics, and it's really funny. But it has, like, this slow-mo sequence at the end where, like, you end up getting a fight with somebody, so the, the cops are coming to arrest you, and your character just starts running away and, like, hitting things and, like, <laughs> jumping over a fence. And the whole time, he's like, I'm an American! I can do what I want! <laughs> it's just, uh, uh. It is so perfect. You're like, uh, nope. <laughs> it's like oh that's still pretty accurate today that sounds pretty fairly yes is it on uh playstation or something yeah it's on playstation xbox oh, okay yeah it's really good it's basically that's the guys who made gta what's gta oh, like grand theft auto oh yeah, yeah yeah okay so they made basically a version of grand theft auto but in the wild west <laughs> that's kind of funny yeah and it, it's the story's really good and it's really you know really well written really entertaining but yeah it, it is just it is fun it's ridiculous because you can do whatever the fuck you want it's basically a sandbox <laughs> My stepdad's best friend who they bought their kid like when he was probably 10 Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. And like didn't even look into it. They just like bought it for him because he wanted it. And then they like (laughs) walked in one day and they're like, what the fuck did we get this kid? It was like total shit show. And they were like, oh my God. We're like, it says on the box. Why is he just slapping that prostitute repeatedly? (laughs) It says on the box rated whatever. Fucking read it. Rated M for mature. <laughs> right? It was They're pretty crazy, clear though. to find it's like children game, teen game, and an adult game. <laughs> right. It's, it's a pretty easy system. And if you see M like 18 plus on it, like maybe your kid shouldn't play that. Your rate their rating systems are are pretty on point. Yeah. Thanks to Tipper Gore. Yeah, I, w- I would say the movie industry needs to adopt a lot of like video game rating systems. Like, okay, it's rated this. It's rated T because it has some blood, you know, acts of violence kind of thing. And it breaks it down like use of alcohol or use of drugs, blah, blah, blah. It breaks down what you're going to be seeing in it. That's kind of cool. Yeah, because like with movie ratings, it's just PG, PG-13 or R or X. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's not porn, but... <laughs> but it's close. Close but enough. Close. I like how I walk right into, well, it's not porn, <laughs> but it's close enough. Yep. Yeah, we were talking about rating systems and movies and video games and how movies need to rate like video games because they, they break down what is in the game that it can be offensive you know, sexual acts or, you know, use of drugs or language, da 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 da. We know a we know an upper middle class family got their kid uh... I told him <laughs> That's that's how that's how this got started kind of. Oh, okay. I told him about that. <laughs> yep. Walked on little Jimmy's just slapping a prostitute. And that that's what I was like. I was like you could just look at the fucking box. Why is Timmy fucking whores in the living room? <laughs> But that's happening right now. To, did you guys talk about that too? How video games are like people go out and seek out the feminists to kill. Oh yeah, that was uh, actually related to yeah. the game I was talking about was uh, Red Dead because it's it takes place in uh, 1899 during the women's like suffrage movement was getting going at that point. And there's one city you go to and there's a women's suffrage person that you can talk to. And basically, what happened was some guy instead of like talking to her, he assaulted her. I think he like tied her up and like took her out to the uh, swamp where alligators are and dumped her in the swamp and let it alligator And then, like, YouTube banned the video. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the long and short of it. It's a little sad that, like, because, you know, for young people, they just don't take this shit seriously, right? Because yeah. they're young. They're not, they're not supposed to be taking a whole lot seriously, but it's kind of a serious yeah. thing. Well, I mean, huh. I, you know, kids shouldn't be seeing that. Someone shouldn't be putting that kind of crap on fucking YouTube, but... Yeah, yeah, that's where parenting comes yeah. in. <laughs> in this day and age, I don't know how you can helicopter that without looking like you're a crazy person. Well, I know people who have kids and their computers in the kitchen. So the kids can only be on the computer 
that's in the kitchen because I agree, but that's not the norm. Yeah. No, it's not the norm. You know, my parents are struggling with that issue now with uh, raising my nephew because he just recently yeah. got Fortnite. And that's that game that like Ooh. all the kids are playing. Everybody's addicted to. Yeah. Because usually they, they can limit what games he plays because they only buy certain things for him. And they're always consulting me about it to make sure he's not playing right. stuff that's like, again, Red Dead Redemption or Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. So, but because like something like Fortnite, it's an online game. This is his first adventure into the online gaming world. There's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of awful people out there that thrive in these communities. I'm surprised that people haven't, as smart as gamers are and computer people are in general, that they haven't created something that can really filter that out for parents more so than... Different levels of entry into the same game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always think there needs to be a way for people to get downvoted. Let's say if a person's a really toxic person in the community is be like, you know, spouting racist stuff in, in game... You can downvote them to the point where yeah, they like get so downvoted, they just are muted permanently wherever they go in that game. Right. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because essentially the only way to police things of that nature is through yourself. So if you can band yeah. together. So it would require like a community effort for everyone to work right? together. But And I think that would be logical because some people don't want to end up playing these games because it has become so negative. I don't want to play this game because everybody fucking always gangs up on me and kills me or, you know, something like that. Yeah. That's why I, I made the joke to my parents when they started talking about Fortnite. It's like, I, I tried it and I tried to play it and I got tired of hearing an 11-year-old tell me how he's fucking my mother. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, dude, your balls haven't even dropped yet. And it's just... Right? Well, you know, what's crazy is like, I have a great sense of humor, says myself. I really do. I'm pretty <laughs> flexible. And, you know, shit's so bad right now. I just can't. There's certain things that I just draw a strict line on. I just, I'm like, mm -mm, sorry. Like, if I like don't know somebody so well now and they joke about certain things, I draw a real hard line quick i mean i'm not like rude but it's not a conversation i can tell you that or no. i'm not laughing or it's like all right i'm out <laughs> <laughs> i just I, we're fine we're funny you know we do everything kind of tongue-in-cheek and you know we're responsible people I, I feel in the long run but i mean there's just a line people need to start creating those barriers you know and it's unrealistic to think that we shouldn't have barriers you know it's as an animal only human beings deny fear yeah that somehow that instinct to recognize fear is a good thing has been squandered. That's crazy. The only thing to fear is fear itself. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Complete Why opposite of the lesson we were. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I just thought I'd throw it out there. Just putting it out that, there. Uh... No, I hear you. I agree. But what was interesting was I was curious because I felt like I had read that, you know, violence in video games desensitizes people. But mm -hmm. I feel like that's what the Rocky Horror Picture Show did to the sexual movement. It actually said, so like 2006, it says, yes, that it can desensitize individuals to real life violence. However, in 2017, Forbes posted an article that says a new study shows that playing violent video games does not turn you into sociopath. You're probably just a sociopath to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's been that argument since Columbine, especially, that playing video games is going to make you go shoot up a school kind of thing. Yeah. And 
it's just empirically not true. I mean, it's like hard rock music yeah. and the fucking gore's coming after. <laughs> I mean, it's like the like you look at the metal community. People listen to like death metal and stuff like that. You go to shows and it's not just like everybody just worshiping Satan and beating the shit out of each other. If you go into the pit, there's actually like etiquette and rules and people looking out for each other. If somebody goes down, you make room and you help that person up. And there's, you know, you can right. see multiple videos of people forming a circle around somebody who gets pulled into the pit accidentally and like they make sure to get them the hell out of there. I accidentally wound up in a mosh pit once. They were very nice about getting me yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, because that's how it should be. Like, that's the rules. Like, you know, if you want to go in there and jump around and hit each other, have fun. But if you, you actually hurt or knock down, you protect that person, you get them out. Right? No, that, that totally makes sense. In anniversary of November of last year, we talked about the Giga Factory out in Australia. It is... Giga what? <laughs> <laughs> You both did it at the same time. (laughs) In separate rooms. (laughs) You're welcome. Oh, oh, that's great. (laughs) I love you guys. (laughs) So anyways, on November 30th of last year, the Giga Factory opened up, blah, 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 blah. Uh, (laughs) I'm trying to to maintain my composure, but it's not happening. Welcome to Ion Elon. Uh, anyways, so yeah, uh, November 30th of last year, and uh, in that period is pumped out a bunch of stats that I could list off that is not interesting, but it basically it has defied critics and naysayers to prove that it can make money, lower prices, and boost grid security. So it's basically just been a huge success because, you know, oh, when, they, when they first did it, there was a lot of, as there will be, naysayers at something that might be progressive. Yeah, recap what it was just for the people who... Missed the boat. <laughs> You're not one of the four people yep. listening to it. <laughs> Our tens of fans. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's just a battery storage grid for the power network in Australia. It's just a way for them to conserve energy and u- save energy. So when they need an off hours, when the power is not being used, they can build it up, save it. And then when it comes time, Store they have that battery it. backup, essentially. That's cool. Okay. And I'm sorry, correction, it's not the Gigafactory, it's the big battery. The Gigafactory is the one in Nevada that produces batteries. Oh, right, so. right. And that, the Gigafactory is the one, com- the complete cycle, the full circle of production of the battery from like origin to final yeah, product. Yeah, exactly. And it's the, like mostly automated. Yeah. This is cool though. I do remember this in- $91 million. Yeah, it costs 91 to build. Oh, wow. It is also making money and lowering costs. The battery costs $91 million, but has likely lowered costs by around $50 million. I mean, that's something to be said, right? That's a big fucking battery, though. It's the world's biggest lithium-ion battery. Oh, it exchange contracts. That's interesting. So somebody else owns it now? I guess so. The exchange contracts are usually of the energy it outputs when you're feeding like energy back into the system kind of thing. Right, but I don't know if that's what's happening here. Oh, okay. So those savings have actually been achieved by smashing the cartel of gas generators that was controlling pricing in the FCAS market. 
Yeah, because you got to figure they were like peak hours and evenings when everyone's coming home and turning everything on and using machinery. There's that big uptick that always happens, and yeah. they would have you know these extra generators on hand to counteract that impact. But now that they've been storing energy, they can just it's already ready on hand. You don't have to do anything else with it. That's pretty fucking cool. Anything practical or pragmatic in legislation, if it's being blocked, you can almost always guarantee it's somebody's money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, Sarah Silverman said on the Hulu show, I love America. If you've got a problem, follow the money. You'll find the fucking problem. There's somebody funding it to keep their riches alive. I mean, look at the oil industry. Yeah. And usually it's so alienating. That's interesting. That's really cool about the battery, though. Like these big barren lands. Yeah, just a little, little, little year anniversary thing I saw. I was like, oh, I remember talking about that. Yeah, you know, and the jobs that are coming out of it, too. The the byproduct I get concerned about, what are we going to do with those batteries later on? Well, but... I would imagine that, and this is just me thinking. Yeah, 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 totally. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about either. Again, not a scientist. You know, just taking the, the Gigafactory and <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he's, you know, producing this battery from the raw materials throughout I'm I'm assuming that they can the goal is to not just dump these materials that have been converted into something else you know that can't convert back but i mean as much as i like watching landfills catching fire <laughs> randomly garbage fires <laughs> because i know prius that was a big concern when the prius first came out was, mm-hmm. what about the batteries what about the batteries and they were taking them back and and yeah, doing, there wasn't the infrastructure to produce them and, and to the point they needed. Yeah, and they were doing recycling programs and things of that nature. So I think that they've kind of done some forward thinking to it. I'm sure there's still big pockets of misinformation and holes in the plan. But I'm all for a good thing, and I I like those those things too. But I'm always curious about well, what's what's the byproduct? What's going to ultimately be the byproduct on, on this? Like the war on drugs. The byproduct is is you have yeah. people yeah. from Honduras trying to get into the United States. <laughs> the other one was a random article about Lewis and Clark's adventure. How they were actually. <gasps> Uh, how they were able to track their movements across the country because they would take shit along the way. way. (laughs) Across America. Oh yeah. So anyways, from the uh, Today I Learned, it was about the journey of Lewis and Clark. They basically found they were able to follow the mercury-laden latrine pits they dug along the way because Along their journey, they've apparently found more than 600 sites where they would stop and pop a squat kind of thing. The way they were able to do that, because Lewis and Clark, they would take this mixture with, it was called thunderclappers or thunderbolts, because it would kill bacteria that would make you sick, but it also come out in your shit, too. Because mercury, a big old hearty shit. Was slowly poisoning. Yeah, your your mercury doesn't break down in your body. It just exists there. So they basically drink mercury to help kill off disease along the way. But on the other hand, that's just the byproduct of fucking moving yep. forward, man. There's some gains and losses. <laughs> yeah, so they get some, you know, mercury-induced dementia and progress is made. Right? Nope. That's a, that's a fact. This is funny. An excerpt from the article from the Smithsonian that you sent. It says, Today's doctors would shudder at the thought of patients ingesting what essentially is mercury poisoning in a pill. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I fucking love this story. I mean, at one point, we thought mercury was the best. I mean, but, like, let's be honest with ourselves for a moment. Because nobody's really listening to us that should be. And if they did, this would probably blow their mind. San Francisco and, and Detroit and St. Louis are having huge 
huge problems with their infrastructure because of fucking lead pipes. Yep. I mean, hello. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a well, huge it's problem. like, you know, we lifted the ban on asbestos and that's coming back. Oh, great. <laughs> asbestos yep. is making a comeback. Good Hell times, yeah. guys. Asbestos coming back. <laughs> asbestos is the bestest. Well, that'll work out well because when we're all living in our fucking tents, I can wrap myself around it and stay warm yep. while I slowly right? die. Fucking. Just don't eat it. Don't lick it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, but no thanks. Right? When I moved to Hollywood, we got a letter in the mail. This was me and my cousin. We were living together at the time. And we got a letter in the mail and it was like, warning, do not drink the water. And we were like, wow, that's kind of fucking crazy. (laughs) Should we stop drinking water in the past? Because I can't unring that bell. (laughs) Right? I'm like, no. Recently, downtown Santa Cruz, they were digging up a lot of the water pipes, you know, replacing the infrastructure in the downtown area in Santa Cruz. So, I mean, it's obviously a problem. Clean water is in our business in the States. <laughs> I love this Lewis and Clark thing, though, especially being yep. from Missouri. We have a picture of us with our unicycles in front of a Lewis and Clark statue. Nice. Because it, it was like right there on the Missouri River. We rode our unicycles down and around. But yeah, I thought that was, that was interesting just because, you know, pioneers heading out west, like taking mercury and leaving little poop deposits of mercury all around. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of interesting, too, because you just totally took their word for it. <laughs> they did, you know, that they went from there to there. But that's kind of cool how they can find these. I wonder, I wonder how they originally found the sites. They must have been very descriptive in their journaling of where they were. I shat yep. here. <laughs> A little X marks the spot along the way. <laughs> X marks the poop. <laughs> I'll have to uh, look more into that because not the poop, but how they. This wasn't a chat. This was just a shard. <laughs> He's all here. I sit broken hearted, came to shit, but only farted. Must be the mercury. <laughs> yep. A fart is a chemical substance. It comes from a place called bum. <laughs> In other healthy news, <laughs> because tis the season for pomegranates. Fart is no disgrace for it gives the body ease. Beans, beans, the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. The more you toot, the better you feel. No, they're good for the heart. The more you eat, the more you fart. <laughs> I want to watch Blazing Saddles now. I know. <laughs> it's really reinforcing that. I'm going to eat a bowl of chili and watch Blazing Saddles. If we could get our listeners, our tens of listeners, to submit their (laughs) fart nursery rhyme, we'd really appreciate it. We'll read them off in the next episode in the new year. (laughs) Let us know if you'd like to be interviewed. (laughs) We want to know your opinions on farts. (laughs) We're having a totally frank and adult conversation about farts. Who smelt it did dealt it. But due to the the holiday season, pomegranates are very popular right now. And I thought it was very interesting. I found through the texture app, I took a screenshot. Screen shard. I took a screen shard. Nope, nope, that's not the screenshot. If I if I didn't mind the deodorant, I'd make like the armpit thing, but I just don't feel like having it on my yeah, hand. No. <laughs> it used to be really good at the uh, the one where you do your 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 palm against your face and you do like the fart. 
against your cheek, but now that I have a beard, I can't do it. I'm actually, I'm about to get out of my back right now and do it on the pits of my knees. <laughs> um, all right. So, Pomegranates. back to what I was saying. <laughs> that one was a squeaker. In... <laughs> Okay, have we re- have time. we regained ourselves? Oh, sorry. <laughs> so pomegranates are very popular right now because of the holidays. But it's said that, and some people may know this. I didn't know it in the detail. But a cup of pomegranate seeds has seven grams of fiber and a third of your daily vitamin C. And it actually said that people drink pomegranate juice, you know, in hopes to achieve the same potency. Mm. But it actually, research finds that the seeds have triple the cancer-fighting compounds as the juice. Mm. So extracting seeds from the fruit actually is messy, but it's actually better for you. It's really not that hard. No, it's not that hard. It says, actually in here, it says, make cuts around the pomegranate shell, then submerge in a big bowl of water, break apart the lobes, pluck out the seeds, and strain. Yep. So... It just comes down to the fact that we're lazy. However, I think pomegranate seeds are really good. However, you might end up with colitis. <laughs> <laughs> well, this right? day and age, you can end up with any fun thing. Who knows? But it says the combination of antioxidants to combat free radical damage in protein to build and repair tissue make it the perfect marriage to support muscle recovery and growth. So hmm. I thought this was kind of cool. I was like, oh, I'd better start eating these because my muscles... Our shit. So I love pomegranates. I love them with cucumbers. I love them with chicken. No, pomegranates are really good. Yeah, they can help protect you from cellular damage and inflammation. I they must. I wonder where they originate. I wonder if it's like a. Um, um, yeah, no, I wonder where they originate too. This says that pomegranates are native from Iran, from Iran to the Himalayas and in North India. Yeah, which is why it's good with fucking chicken. Because like, if you eat Mediterranean dishes, it's like, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, cultivated and naturalized over the whole Mediterranean region since ancient times. Wildly cultivated throughout India and the drier parts of Southeast Asia, Malaysia, East Indies, and Tropical Africa. Can you imagine? It'd be yeah. like eating a watermelon. Yeah. It'd be like, oh my God, this is a gift. Yeah, it was introduced to Spanish America in the late 16th century and into California by Spanish settlers. That's why it's such a cultural thing. <laughs> yeah. They're like Damn this... Spaniards. <laughs> right. <laughs> We never actually ended up talking about the first. You did say you ended up watching it, right, Tyler? Yes. I really dug it. I thought it was really good. I mean, it was kind of campy, but in some parts. Yeah. It was kind of, you know, paint by numbers formulaic, but it was like good performances, interesting story. You know, and again, that whole inspiring to be better thing is always enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I think I feel like Natasha, I can't remember what her last name is. She did a really good job in that role. She was a very powerful woman. She's great glue for telling a story. Yeah. Especially for men. Yeah. If you've ever watched Californication, which is a despicable show, yeah. <laughs> it's only palatable because of her. It's Natasha McElhorn. Mac- Mac- Macklemore? <laughs> Makes me want to buy a moped. McKellen? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but Hot Natasha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was, I don't know, I thought it was really good. They had a lot of little storylines going on but i felt like her part was really good she did yeah. a really good yeah, her, job. her story and just like her character in general yeah i think the best part of her story is when she's in front of the cameras yeah yeah 
Or when she tries to run herself over with her... <laughs> with her electric car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, she kind of like a no-nonsense badass, essentially. That, uh, she was one of the characters that I really liked. Yeah, I thought it was cool because she obviously wasn't capable because of her, essentially, injuries and, and things that have happened in her life. She wasn't capable of becoming an astronaut, but she was going to make damn sure that... To propel people forward. Yeah. Yeah, which I thought was really Be cool. Be part of the process. I really hope that they do another season of that show. Yeah. Well, I imagine they will because Hulu, like uh, Netflix, they have a brand and they're trying to invest in it to attract subscribers. So, you know, and this has been received fairly well. So I imagine they'll keep it going. Yeah. Sean Penn looks like a fucking boss in there and he owns that shit too. That guy is a chain smoker and basically a functioning alcoholic. Man, he really fucking chiseled his ass up. (laughs) Yeah. Like when he like pops his shirt, it's like, oh. Hello. <laughs> I mean, militant. When I think of Sean Penn, I always think of what was that movie called? Boys, where he goes to fucking prison. Yeah. What was it? I think it's called Boys. I don't know if I've seen that. And he ends up being a very young man who's like put in a prison, and there's always a rapist in a prison. <laughs> Is there? <laughs> they get rapey in there. The guy, actually, it's the guy from uh, Carnival, the weird preacher. Oh, dude. really? And he comes after him and he fucking buys a bunch of Cokes and puts him in his pillowcase and beats this motherfucker. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't see anything that says they've announced season two. Well, poopy. They don't have Netflix money. They can't just keep putting out series. Yeah. Oh, it's called Bad Boys. How funny. Bad Boys, Bad Boys. Had I said that, you guys would have thought of... uh... (laughs) Michael Bay. Yeah, Michael Michael Bay Bay. did. I think of Tay Leone. You know, the Bad Boys movie. I was thinking of Cops. (laughs) The quintessential... uh... 90s movie uh, yeah i don't see season two anything well poopy it says as of december 2nd it has not been picked up again but they haven't said that it's not happening yeah they might be biding their time yeah i mean it was a really great show it was very factual well written but not over anyone's yeah. head i feel like they did a really good job again more relatable uh-huh. and it was pretty emotional though yeah i was like oh my god it's like the first five minutes i'm already crying <laughs> i felt bad that that girl's instincts about who should go was was squandered which these are the kinds of things that i would have kind of let slightly pass before our current political situation yeah Yeah. that actually is like you know one of those things that i see and is a part of a storyline that i've taken for granted in recent years that really hit home this time for you know the typical campy puzzle piece show that sucks there's a lot of really poignant storylines in there effective too yeah really good character development and really good acting overall yeah i've never been like a big sean penn fan but like i'll I'll give him points for this like he actually really delivered on this yeah he's a mess but he's been doing a lot of really good things the older he gets he was very active in haiti his twilight years yeah hold on you don't like sean penn like what's the last sean penn movie you saw that you thought sucked well i haven't seen very many that's why i'm not that interested in him (laughs) well he did like god probably the most notable movie that i can think of mystic river which that was a fucked up movie i never saw that one mystic river was a great movie it was a great movie but it was fucking talk about depressing But talk about fact too. No, for sure, it's crazy. I'm gonna start sending you Sean Penn movies. <laughs> I'll continue to ignore them. <laughs> oh, that hurts my feelings. You, well, you can at least oh, watch yeah, this I, trailer. I'm watching the trailer. I'm just giving you shit. It's fun. Because <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> I, that's what I say too. Yep. He is so young. <laughs> 
Or like, what was the Sean Penn movie with um, Christopher Walken's? Oh, At Close Range. That was a good movie. He didn't really make a lot of movies after the 80s. Well, no, I guess... Sean Penn was kind of like Jared Leto. He always took on movies that nobody wanted. They were like, oh, we'll take that Sean Penn kid. And you know what's great about him is he can probably talk his brother into like doing some small parts. Yeah, him and his brother did a lot of things together. Um, He was in... Har- he did the Harvey Milk movie, though. Yeah, that Milk was... was he was really good at Milk. I was, I was looking through his IMDb list and like... I have not seen a lot of these. <laughs> uh, Dead Man Walking. Ooh, Tree of Life. Oh, visually, Tree of Life is beautiful. It's like a moving poem. Oh, my he God. Did, he did a it, lot of movies, but yeah, they weren't very publicized movies, I don't think. Man, this trailer is so 80s. <laughs> I love how they give away like all the plot beats in it. <laughs> they were like, nobody's going to see this ugly kid. No. <laughs> it was a good movie, though. He was in Being John Malkovich. He was uncredited. I don't remember, I don't remember him movie. being in that. God, that was a I'll great movie. I'll have to uh, revisit Maybe that. Maybe had just like a little throwaway line or something. Probably. But he was in Dead Man Walking, The Game. Those are probably the biggest movies that he was in the 90s. The Game is a good movie. Colors. Did you ever see Colors? No. He was in Jay-Z and Beyonce Part 2 on the run video short. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's anytime someone says Part 2, it's just instinctual. You have to say Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you just got to go yep. with it. Colors is a good movie, too. I just haven't seen it in so long. came out in 1988. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you said that. I'm almost ashamed of myself. Colors is a fucking great movie. But, yeah, like, basically, I just, I'm looking through, like, a lot of his movies. Like, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. <laughs> I didn't grow up in the golden age of Sean Penn. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we refer to the 80s as Sean Penn time. <laughs> the Sean Penn years. Thank you for listening to this month's episode of TriPace Pod. Look forward to hearing our voices in your ear holes once again at the beginning of next month. Don't forget to like and subscribe to TriPace Pod on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud because it stimulates dopamine production in our brains every time you do. You can creep on us from afar at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at TriPace Pod. And of course, check out show notes, contact information, and buy merch at TriPacePod.com. And as always, you're awesome. Oh, oh, let us go. So you could formulate is a little bit of LSD. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, I'm sold. <laughs>